Si tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como enfermedad cardíaca, asma, diabetes y tienes 19 años o más, 52, 36, 42, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20, vacuna conjugada antinomocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica, la cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. Conan, guess what? What up? K100's newest sponsor is Fatco. All right. Fatco specializes in making natural and organic personal care products using tallow, a.k.a. rendered beef fat, from grass-fed, pasture-raised, happy cows. Tallow is extremely nourishing and nutrient-dense and is soothing for skin conditions like eczema and psoriasis. I get eczema too sometimes. This is great for me. They also carry a full line of deodorants, cleansing oils, and moisturizers, thus offering products for everyone in your family. Tallow from grass-fed cows is nutrient-dense and, nu and nourishing and is incredibly high in vitamins A, D, K, and E. The tallow that Fatco uses is a natural byproduct of the beef industry and would normally get thrown in the trash. They use only the highest quality tallow, and all of their tallow comes from small, U.S.-based, family-owned farms that are raising animals responsibly and ethically. It's real food for your skin. And we have a special code and discount for the K100 listeners. Just check out fatco.com, F-A-T-C-O.com, and use the coupon code K100, that's K100, for 15% off. That's fatco.com, and the code is K100 for 15% off. And check out their deodorants, check out their cleansing oils, and their moisturizers. Top-notch, use them myself, my wife does, she puts it over. Uh, get your fat coat, boom. It's not the best one, it's not the great one. You're speaking with the juiciest one. Boys, dim little boys, dim daddies are home now, and... You, you're the ones that said enough of the Twitter BS, right? No, you enough. can say bullshit. That's all they do is oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, so Enough of the creative. Twitter bullshit. Yeah, okay, so well, creative. everything you've done since we showed up at Final Battle and kicked your ass has been on Twitter. You have done nothing but run your mouths and eat snacks and Lunchables and 
So cute. It's so cute. How, how about we uh, we come to Delaware, we come wherever your chicken coop is, and you uh, you chop down the cornfield for us so we have a landing strip, and we'll land. We'll, we'll get our own plane, and we'll fly to the, to you, and we'll land there, and we'll, we'll build a Field of Dreams wrestling ring with all these chairs, and we'll take your chickens, and we'll put them in all these chairs, and we'll fill <laughs> it up, and we'll kick the shit out of you in front of your own chickens, because you are chicken shit, and that's all, that's all there is to it. So, I don't know. I don't understand if... Uh, I don't know if it's your gimmick to have poor hygiene and terrible speech, but you guys are fucking killing it. I mean, getting revved up to 10, you are fucking you got killing it. Zombie and, and, Hills yeah. eyes. and Jay, if, 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 if Enzo was on meth, that'd be you, except for Enzo is a lot richer than you are. And 15 years ago, where was I 15 years ago? Huh? I was Casey McKnight. Yeah, you're damn right. I was Casey McKnight. 15 years ago, you know what I was doing? While your Mark-ass daddy was paying for you to go to Ring of Honor and travel up and down the roads, we were traveling those same roads. But you know what I was doing? I was getting my education. I was paying for my own education. I had three jobs. I put myself through college. I paid for my rent, and I wrestled because I love this shit. You don't ever, don't ever question my hustle. And that's the thing that pisses me off more. We showed up to your place, and you've got all these little, you got all these little indie mark boys uh, confused. You got, that, you, you, you got them all fooled all that you're just tough eyes. guys. I understand. I know what you do. You got this big tough talk. You got your shitty ass dreadlocks, and that's cool, okay? But I see right through you. We see right through you. You're fucking water to us, okay? You're just water to us. So what you can do is, if it were up to me, I'd bring your ass to AEW, okay? I'd fly you first class to AEW. That'd be the first time you ever sat in first class. I'd fly your ass, make sure you took a shower, fly your ass to first, cl first class to AEW, and let you get in there with us. And then we'd beat the shit out of you. And then after that, you know what you could do? You could go back, you could go on to, uh, to our bosses. And you could have those little gymnastic matches you're used to, okay? But guess what? They're going to put themselves over, so you just get used to that, all right? So you come down, find us. We're easy to find. We've shown up to your home. Why don't you come to us now? Huh? Why don't you come to us? Because you never, I promise you, as God's watching over me right now, he has blessed me with this day, and he's allowed me to say, fuck shit, god damn it, he's allowed me to say that to you, and I'm saying right now, you ain't never met a goddamn tag team like us. Play with you boys, okay? Play with all your little uh, indie friends you got fooled, because we ain't fooled. Top guys. You know, I ain't even going to say top guys out because that's for our promo. That's for our gimmick promos. I'm going to say, I'll find you. We'll find you. And when we find you, we'll beat your ass. Orgullosamente Latino hasta la muerte y después. Worldwide Latino pride. The ambassadors of violence. LAX, K-Dog, the notorious 187 homicide. Bang, the tang, the tang, tang. I'm from Miami, not Compton. Down with the essays in the 6-4 hopping. To my body was in the 787. And those up in Brooklyn pulling 211. I come through stomping, rolling in my low top chucks. Making sure you suckers feel me every time we bust. Checkered up like a nut going 5150. G'd up in the feed up. Creased up in some dicky. Welcome to Keeping It 100 with Conan. Millions and millions of downloads and pound after pound of Iranian tobacco later. We are now chopping it up on Spreaker. I'm your MC for this week, Felicia Rose, aka Facefuck Me Felicia, aka the girl you love to hate while you masturbate. You can see my areolas on Twitter at Felicia Rose Raw or Instagram at People's Tramp. Listen to my podcast, The Screw, available everywhere. This week, the national treasure Nick Aldis steps in for the intro in the mailbag. 
But not to worry, Conan returns before the end of the show to update everyone on his health situation. Plus, on Bill Body's hot news, hear all about the top WWE merch, the Royal Rumble, and WrestleMania. Also, we have an AEW Dynamite Roundtable, where Disco claims fiction about a Reddit post, and much more. And now, without further delay, let's hand it off to the master of the verbal gems. It's Conan. Yo, we're back with episode 290 of Keeping It 100 without Conan, but with Disco Inferno and the national treasure Nick Alda stepping in for the beginning of the show here. How are you guys doing? What's going on? Good. Good, good. Well, let's start out the show this week like we do every week, Disco. We're going to start off with some shout-outs. You've got shout-outs? Yep. I thought they should send the shout-outs to Conan. I have. I don't think, I, honestly, Joe, I think we should hold off on the shout-outs, okay? Because I don't think that people, like, are joining the Patreon to hear, to hear, to hear you me shout them out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I think they would. I would do the uh, shout-outs if I had them. Okay. No, Joe, I, you want to send in the shout-outs? Uh, I'll send them over to Nick. Nick, you could do the shout-outs. You're, co- you're yeah, basically replacing – and this is this could be on a permanent basis. There's a lot of people – When you think about – if you think Conan and you think, well, I can't get Conan. What's the next best thing? You know, you say, you know, uh, 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 a guy with, uh, you know, <laughs> Cuban, Miami, you know, a bit, luchador star, a guy who's uh, sort of multicultural. You know, you, you think of um, a well-spoken English white guy to replace him. Right. So what we're doing is we're compromised our Latino market this week, but we are looking to uh, further our UK market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because uh, we're we're huge in the UK, I think so. it's we're, uh, we're, yeah, we're going. At, you know, what we're doing. We're, you know, here's what we're doing. Okay, because we're going after the what culture market. Oh, <laughs> we're, we're we're gonna put a dart. We're bringing Nick Aldis in this week, and we're throwing a dart right right in the middle of that of that market. I I, uh, I fear that if uh, if the what culture crowd is who you're after, I fear you may have selected the wrong person. <laughs> oh, oh, they don't like you, huh? Well, I don't know. I can only assume that they do not. I don't. I, I get the feeling that those those folks don't seem to like anyone. All right. <laughs> Did you send him the uh, the shout the shout outs yet, Joe? Send him right this second. Are you send him in the chat? Was, uh, I'm going to send him to your email if that's all right. Oh, okay. What this is, Nick, is when you join a certain tier on Patreon, when you're above the $25 tier, not only do you get a shout-out, but you get a nice plug. So some of these guys in there, you're going to see plugging their businesses and uh, Twitters and shirt companies and all that good stuff. So Yeah, I've had them do I see. Got it. All right, so let's do the uh, – let's get to the shout-outs. And since Nick is replacing Conan this week and the people do not want Joe they, – they did not join Patreon to have Joe shout anybody out. Okay, it's Come like – you know, Maybe the Get My Go Patreons, you know, like yeah. would appreciate Joe getting shout out, you know, everything. But uh, but we're I'd like to shout out. I'd like to shout out Mike Durbin from Chicago, uh, Husey from Belfast, Ireland. Right, I'm sorry. Uh, Husey, uh, Husey has heat with me. He's too much. He's too much of a clickbait artist for my taste. <laughs> yeah, really? like, like every time you ask me to come on the show, and I appreciate it. But you know, when you ask me to come on, like I'm sitting there going, like, I mean, I appreciate. Look, K100 is a is a, a, a a good uh, a good friend to legacy sports nutrition and to the nwa so you know it helps put money in my pocket but then i also like you could ask me like hey what's the weather like in nashville and i could say oh it's a little chilly and uh you know the sun's shining and blue skies and somehow Husey will turn it into nick aldis shoots on nashville weather but you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, nick aldis shoots on the shitty weather in nashville it's, it's, I, it's, it's a toss-up for me between which has more heat Husey's youtube clickbaitery or or glenn's twitter account uh. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing with the clickbait. Okay, 
I'm not going to pretend that the clickbait does not. I mean, the, the, the funniest thing is the people that try to use the clickbait under the pretenses that they're not clickbaiting. Sure. Like the phone, like like the dirt sheet sites that put clickbait. So we're like, just screw it. Yeah, you, you we're just, just going to put the we're just going to put the clickbait up. pro wrestling media. Yeah, and we we basically have embraced the clickbait portion of of media because it draws an audience. And the funniest part about it is, is is I'm entertained by the people that are attracted to the clickbait headlines and do not listen to the clips, which you can see tons of them. Right, right. And I feel like eighty percent of people who are like looking on who are commenting on YouTube. <laughs> Have started writing their comment before the video's even begun. Before the video even begun, right. yeah. So we just I play into the humor. I'm humored by that that people will behave like that, and it's like well, I, I don't think I don't think anyone's under any illusion at this point whose eyes are connected to their brain that you enjoy antagonizing people because they're <laughs> because your Twitter. I mean, literally, you will you you look at every single hot issue. Mm-hmm. That is divisive and polarizing, and you just you you just run into Twitter and throw a little grenade. I'm a, I'm a content creator and run out. I'm again. a content. That's how you create. Yeah. You you provoke. You provide. I'm a provocateur. I do things. <laughs> I know he's going to get things, and I look for some. If there's some responses in there that can generate discussion that we yeah. can use on this show, bro. Because I don't want to talk about wrestling all the time. Provocateur is. Yeah, uh, I don't want to talk about wrestling all the time. I want to talk about sports. Provocateur yeah. is perhaps the the highest class uh, term I've ever heard used for shit stirrer in my life. <laughs> yeah. But yes, right, let's get to these let's get to these shout outs. Let me host this thing for for a, for a second here. All right, Jay Chewbacca, originally from San Antonio, Texas, now residing in Portland, Oregon. Uh, he's at tweets of Jay Backer on Twitter. <sighs> he's a front Patreon man. We've had him on the on the round table. There's a little piece of advice here, Jay. If your if your name is Jay Chewbacca. But your Twitter handle is tweets of Jay Baca. So are you Jay Chewbacca or are you Jay Baca? Uh, that's just a little piece of advice for me. You know, for you, the, the very first Patreon we've had, the shout out, Nick, Nick shoots, shoots on the shout out. Nick shoots on have, Nick, Nick, Nick just shot on the guy that wants to get shout out. That's you fantastic. You don't want to have confusing branding. Please check out the podcast, Handsome Dan's Final Say, on dansfinalsay.podbean.com or on Spotify. All right, up next. Roberto Macias from Yonkers, New York. Day one listener from the MLW days. Hit mm-hmm. up la-trip.com for some dope clothes. Double exclamation point. So he must be serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, Javier Rodarte from Fresno, California. And, oh, you listen to this, Glenn. He says, Disco has heat with me when he reads my name as Javier. <laughs> Claim to fame. Made the disco list in episode 50s-ish and came up with conversation terrorists. I can prove it. <laughs> Follow at the real X Rod best podcast ever. Thanks, guys. Mm. That guy came up with the term conversation terrorist. That's what he's claiming. Yeah, let's block him. Make sure you block him from the mailbag. I don't want any type of like a. Oh, see, no, any so type of very um, interesting because this slanderous is another, propaganda. You know, this another, well, I see, this is another trait of, uh, of 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 people of your ilk is that the minute that somebody claims to uh, to have some sort of. Uh, uh, contrary information to your narrative, your your immediate thought is to is to silence them and silence shut them down. Them. It's very interesting. It's a very interesting uh, insight into your uh, into your leadership style, Glenn. I'm glad that you're not running for office of any kind. Although I don't, I'm not silencing them. Saying, I'm suspending them for their act for, for their you know, for their you know, slander. You know, given the, given what we're currently seeing with the gerrymandering and, and voter suppression, you might fit in quite well. But uh, let's let's move on before <laughs> Glenn gets uh, gets all upset and turns on Fox News. What up, fellas? The almighty Ironhead, straight out of Motown, hometown of Big Sexy Kevin Nash and Easy E Eric Bischoff, and many more in the business. T H A. So you know this guy's ghetto gangster, representing Iron Workers Local Twenty Five. Right, did is Bischoff from 
Detroit? Yeah, he grew up there, yeah. Oh, I thought he was from Minneapolis. He, mo- he moved to Minnesota, I believe, from Detroit. Oh, okay. Uh, Beto Garcia, friend of the show from the 415. That's it. The 415, I'm assuming, is an area code th- of some sort. Yes, I think I think that's – isn't 415 over by uh, like Irvine, California around there? The, uh, like, isn't that the Huntington Beach area, I think? Or is that 405? Uh, your guess is uh, probably better than mine. 415 uh, telephone area codes for the city of San Francisco and its northern suburbs. Ooh. Interesting. There we so go. Guys, Spotify, a lot of Latinos, a lot of Hispanics, and not surprisingly, a big part of this uh, audience and a big part of the uh, LegacySubs.com uh, audience that gets sent over from K100. K100 fam, very strong on the West Coast. Omar Fonseca uh, at MVPSMB. From Nashville, Tennessee. Ah, a fellow Music City neighbor. Owner of MVP Specialty Marketing Business. Website MVPSMB.com. I, I think this guy just tweeted me recently. I got a question for you. Go ahead. How close? Well, you live in the suburbs of Nashville, right? Where do you live? I live in uh, just outside White House. How far away is that from Nashville? From like about, downtown Nashville? Uh, on, on good day traffic wise, we're about thirty minutes straight shot north. Do you do you go like do you go eat? Do you go out to eat and ever like go socialize in downtown Nashville ever? Sometimes, usually, like, so it's you, a good hangout. It's a good it's a good place. Oh, very Nashville, social. The restaurants are fantastic. You know. Yes, but when was the last time you went to Nashville? Uh, maybe two years ago. Okay. Yeah, I was good because yeah. as you know, it's it's growing a lot and it's changed a lot. It's actually, it's becoming more and more like Vegas. I think. Yeah, it is. So it's very true because a lot of Vegas people spend some time in Nashville when they, when they leave yeah. town to go visit it's and like very, have that fun, um, you know? Like downtown now is very much like a full-time attraction. It's like going to the strip. It's kind of right. like you get there. The, and the, re- the restaurants are an experience. They have lounges. Yeah, yeah. And stuff that, like the and, yeah, it's a, right. All the, all the new stuff that's opening down there is like multi-story, usually some sort of celebrity attached to it. Like so-and-so's, you know, meat and honky-tonk, barbecue, bash, you know, <laughs> something like, right. you know, it's all very like very is, on brand. Um, is, so Kid, is Kid Rock's bar in there? Yeah, yeah, Kid Rocks. I mean, God, so many, so many country artists and sort of uh, pseudo country Southern rock pop guys have stuff down there. But uh, we basically go down there now whenever we have guests because obviously guests come visit and it's like they want to go see downtown. So we just sort of take that opportunity to then go. I'm sure it's the same as like when you go to the strip club. It's kind of like you don't go every day, but if you've got people that you're going to meet or people coming from out of right. town, whatever you might go. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, I'll finish off uh, Omar's shout out. Sports and entertainment marketing agency providing valuable expertise in branding and marketing for artists, athletes, entertainers, and sports teams. Oh, there you go. Mm. Uh, Stephen Burton, co-creator of the book The AEW Revolution, with new forward from Conan, available now at therev.online. The Rev. So therev.online. Follow mm. us on social media at AEWrev. My personal account is at SM Burton 8. Thanks, guys. Well, there you go. Stephen Burton, co-creator of the book AEW Revolution, forward from Conan. And he got Conan to do the forward, huh? That's that's a that's oh, a yeah. strong get. Evidently. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. So uh, now that we – those are our Patreon shout-outs. Of course, you can join Patreon at patreon.com slash Conan or Conan.me. You get on there for the $10 tier. You get all the show reviews. You get the full unedited mailbag each week. Uh, $15 tier, you're going to get the uh, ad-free versions of K100, K100 Talks, and K100 Rehash. For $25 tier and up is when you're going to get a shout-out like you just heard Nick Aldis do. You can also get on the live roundtables with Conan and Disco when we review AEW Dynamite, WWE Raw, or a pay-per-view. 
So that's all at patreon.com slash Conan. We've been doing it for almost five years. And uh, if you sign up now, you won't just get this month's content. You'll get the entire five years of audio and video archive. Uh, also, you might want to check out the K100 YouTube under Keeping It 100 Official, despite uh, Nick Aldis' dislike for Husey's uh, marketing tactics. You get on there and you'll get some, you'll get several clips a day with uh, salacious titles, thanks to Mr. Husey. <laughs> and uh, get on there, uh, follow the page, like the page, and jump in the comments section, although it is a battlefield, I will warn you, but it's, it's a lot of fun in there, too. Uh, Facebook.com slash K100Conan, Twitter.com slash K100Conan, and uh, Instagram at K100Conan as well is where you can keep up with what's going on on the show, guest announcements, old pictures from Disco and Conan's careers, matches, interviews, just all kinds of stuff if you're a fan of the show. It's a good place to uh, to have your home base and figure out, figure out what's coming up and what's going on. And also on the TikTok at uh, K100Podcast, uh, you can check out da- daily TikTok videos on there as well. If you're not a TikTok user, get on there, sign up, and just check it check it out. Uh, JJ Clax is doing a bang up job with that. You're going to get videos from the show with a uh, you know humorous slant to them and all that good stuff too. So all of that is how you keep up with the show. Join the Patreon, check out the YouTube, check out the social media, and jump on TikTok. How was that, Di? That was pretty good. Yeah. Good job. This is JJ Dillon, the leader of the original Four Horsemen. Two-time Hall of Famer, and you're listening to Keep It 100 with JoJo the producer. Hey, Conan is the man. I've known Conan forever. I could listen to him all day. Sadly, his uh, commentary partner is some nobody named uh, Disco Inferno. Oh, give me a break. This is Impact Wrestling's resident demon assassin, Rosemary, and you are listening to Keep It 100 with JoJo the producer and (laughs) that dastardly LAX crime boss, Conan. Oh, and apparently Disco Inferno as well. Si tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como enfermedad cardíaca, asma, diabetes, y tienes 19 años o más, 52. 36. 42. Puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente. Una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. La cual pudiera llevarme al hospital, así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente. Una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria 
bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20enespañol.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. Si tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como enfermedad cardíaca, asma, diabetes y tienes 19 años o más, 52, 36, 42, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20, vacuna conjugada antinomocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. Let's get, let's get in the mailbag. Uh, we got Nick here, so he'll be replacing Conan in the mailbag, which means he has to answer uh, as Conan. If, oh, yeah. uh, we're here, here, here comes, like, hey, hey, what, what's it like working with Mil Mascaris? Like, next. Yeah, right. right. Uh, <laughs> I tried so to avoid those. From, from Jared Aviat, <clears throat> the subject is the greatest managers in wrestling. Hi, K100 fam. Hope everyone's doing well. This is the one true wrestling historian from down under. This guy classifies himself as a wrestling historian, by the way. Okay. Uh, there's a lot uh, of Twitter profile. around these days. Yes. Just wanted to ask you about who you guys would rank as some of the best managers of all time or your favorite managers of all time in pro wrestling. For me, of course, I have to mention incredible performers such as Paul Heyman, Jim Cornette, and Bobby Keenan being in that, uh, that elite list of some of the greatest managers ever in wrestling. But I would also add the Grand Wizard, Ernie Roth, Paul Bearer, and the amazing Playboy Gary Hart to my list as well. All were tremendous managers. Who would the crew say their favorite managers of all time are? Why do you think Why do you all think that being a great effective manager is seemingly a lost art nowadays? Seems that they're all just average-looking middle-aged men nowadays. It seems that there's only one formula. Thank you very much. Kind regards, Jared. Um, I'll, I'll answer this first. I think the two best managers of all time are Jim Cornette and Bobby Heenan. Okay? There have been other good ones, okay? but I think they're the best because nobody – I mean, if we're, if we're doing – this is how good Jim Cornette and Bobby Heenan are, right? Is that if we're if, – if the Mount Rushmore – of professional wrestling. Like if we look at it as like, you know, professional wrestlers, you know, the rock Austin Hogan flair would be our pretty much uh, most people would agree. That would be the Mount Rushmore. Right. But if, if we like branched it out into performers, like who are the best wrestling performers, Guys like Heyman, Cordette, and Heenan and stuff, they'd have to be in the conversation to be on the Mount Rushmore. I'd go a step further than that and say I've always maintained that I think Bobby Heenan is the greatest all-round performer in the history of the business. Mm. Uh, Heenan, when you if you if you can if you can find there's not there's not a whole lot of it available, but if you can find footage of him working, yeah, like, bumping is unbelievable. It's a great bump. He was creative. He, he invented a lot of bumps. Yes, oh, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah manager he's second to none again pretty much pioneered the genre uh in the in the modern era and then as a commentator he was untouchable as well uh, and not to mention the fact that if you look at um prime time with with him and monsoon i mean 
that was almost a step that wasn't that was somewhere in between being a commentator or a manager you know that right. because they weren't really commentating on a wrestling show they were just hosting and vamping and just kind of ad-libbing you'll never see that again in the it was certainly not in the wwe because that that, that that the environment doesn't allow for it but i mean you can you name any other performer who had so few flubs who just always no matter no matter who was think about it no matter who was in the segment with him whether it was flair hogan andre you know like you're talking about the, the greatest of all time heenan was always like the focal point like when he when he was talking it was like oh shit here we go bobby heenan is 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 the most flawless and incredible all-round performer that the business has ever seen and probably will ever see had you uh i i don't i doubt you had worked with him nick because of his health and stuff but had you met him or had you ever worked with him on a show uh, no i mean met, met him very very briefly you know at a, con, a comic carnival convention one of those you know um but yeah obviously much uh, uh much much a long time after his um you know his health had declined quite substantially but yeah, yeah dude, i mean he is for me like you can watch any segment that involves bobby heenan at any time and it still holds up uh he was when i think about if you're a, if you're a promoter or an owner or something you think about like anything you're trying to get over any segment any new idea any concept any new show or whatever if bobby heenan's available you're going to put him in it some way, shape, or form. You're going to go, okay, let's stick Heenan in there. And, uh, and I'll, I'll say this too about him. I'll say this too about him. The guy was a, was a, never was a baby face. Top heel his entire career because he, he, he perfected the art of just being very unlikable. When he would speak, he was always angry. Hmm. He's always pissed. He was never had a nice, was never nice. He's just like, you know, he was just like, it was a great, he was a perfect heel. Yeah, you know, but I'll say this. I think that this part of his career gets overlooked sometimes because he has said himself he wasn't particularly a big fan of it. But like, even when he was a commentator in WCW and he was kind of more of a straight guy, he was more of a he was more of like an analyst, and he was he was I mean not a babyface, but he was just more like a sort of he was playing it more like a sports announcer, like he was just kind of lending his credibility to stuff. He added so much to mm-hmm. some huge moments, like and really like. I mean, just gave so much credibility to so many guys, helped get so many guys over because he just, he had the art of knowing when to speak, never over, never overstepped his time, never went too long, never took anyone's like legs out from them. I mean, he was just, he, he was a master. I mean, I know we're talking about managers here, but I would, I mean, for me, it's like, yeah, there were guys before him, but when you think about everyone he managed, him and Bockwinkle was just, Oh, chef's kiss, you know, like, and people don't even really talk about that now because it was AWA. So it doesn't sort of fit into the sort of, you know, revisionist narrative, but like him and Bachwinkle alone would have been enough to put him in the hall of fame, you know, not to mention all his run in the WWF and, you know, everything he did after that, like he, he's untouchable, but uh, yeah. Plus he had the, great, the greatest turn in the history. He was, he was instrumental in being the guy that got the, the greatest turn in wrestling history. When he, we, he pulled Andre from the good guy's side to the bad guy's side. And that was like, right. Everyone was shocked, you know. And like that's a, about, yeah. and that's a great that's a great example because what was what was Andre's heel turn? He just walked out with him. Yeah, <laughs> it he did. It wasn't like oh, you know, he's coming to help, and then it turned, and then at the last minute turns around and decks Hogan or something. No, 
he just walked out with Bobby Heenan. And the second that people saw Andre standing with Bobby Heenan, everybody went, what? Like, <laughs> that wasn't, that wasn't Andre. You know, I, yeah. I mean, like, well, what is Andre doing? doing? You know, <laughs> right. That's yeah. when I became a fan. Right. Yeah. That's that, that, that shows you how synonymous that's, how, you know, how synonymous his character was with evil, you know, it, at that point in time with that audience, they went anyone who's immediately, and if you're standing with Bobby Heenan, you're immediately hated. So yeah, yeah the best. Okay, next one's from Raider316. The subject is AW botches. Hey guys, it's nothing new that some AW matches are filled with many laughable indie level botches, except maybe to the PWI award panel. Good point. For reference, I've included a video of one of the main offenders, Luchasaurus. He posted Luchasaurus. So AW botches used to post this, but they got hit with the. Uh, they keep getting taken down, so we're not going to show this because it may, they may take it down. Okay? okay. But it's just a bunch of botches with Luchasaurus. Okay, question. Does AEW look down upon these botches? With how common they are, it's almost like it's widely expected. That's from Derek. Um, it's it's impossible to ignore, okay? Because, like, the AEW botches account, if you looked at it, it was followed by a lot of professional wrestlers, okay? And a lot of people, like, follow it. So it's just very visible to, to like, their their botches were being played for, for everybody. And there's a, there, there's a lot. I mean, there's a, bro, I, I'll never forget, you know, like, I always talk to Coney about this, like, you know, it's funny the fans call you a jobber and stuff and everything, and like, you know, they, they rate the matches and these. But but I'd, I'll say this is like when I, I don't know if you're the same way, Nick, but but back in WCW, if we had a botch, regardless of how good the rest of the match was, when you came back to the curtain, that's all we would think about is I can't believe about you felt embarrassed, right? Because you screwed up a spot, bro. They do it regularly. <laughs> And it's like they're not criticized. Like, I've seen matches with botches that Meltzer gets four and a quarter, four, four and a half stars to. And I'm like, how can you not take away from, like, I know I know those guys didn't think that was four and a half stars because I know when they came back from the curtain, if they were like us, they were probably embarrassed if they missed a spot. But it's like, I don't know if this younger generation thinks the same way. Like, they just try all these acrobatic things and screw them up. And it's just they screw them up. It's like, oh, well, you know, um, who cares? They're going to forgive us and everything. But I, I just remember, you know, I, I, I'm sure they're expected but it is interesting that Tony Khan actively would try to take down the accounts that were putting down or, you know, he would, he would take, take down the content of the botches. As a viewer, yeah. I can say that uh, I expect and almost accept a certain amount of botches when it comes to the acrobatic stuff you're talking about, D.I. But when I spot a really glaring miscommunication where the two workers just freeze, that to me is like, oh, Jesus. Right. Like Jade Cargo, what when if- she won the title, there was a really bad ending to that match. And then the next day, you had a, you had wrestling journalists and Tony kind of stuff going. She could be the next Goldberg. She's this. She's that. The only one that was realistic was Jim Ross. Jim Ross right. was like, "No, man, she's got a lot of work to do." Basically, you know. But yeah. <laughs> exactly. I did, what I, about I, you, I, Nick? Do you notice I, these? I didn't, I didn't see that, so I, I can't comment. Um, I, and I have to tread carefully because obviously, I, I I got a few pals there, and and you know, certainly don't want to um, upset anyone in particular. But um, I I going on from what Joe said for me botches or whatever word you want to use right like a, a, a something that got messed up like it happens you know you, you sometimes you mistime something or you slip or you know your foot gets caught in the mat any number of things can cause some kind of uh physical mistake um for me the, maybe this is just the way i was brought up in business but for me the more unforgivable thing is is something when it's obviously fake like when you show, you know, when anything is sort of obviously. What's collected. your take on the thigh slapping? Uh, I well, it, you know, it's it's if you do it, make sure no one sees it. 
So how like, often, like, the, the, how many guys do you see, like, bl- right. it's so well, blatantly noticeable that they're literally overhand slapping on their legs yeah. every single time they do something? No, no, right. And that, that, that's nothing new. I mean, I, you know, people were talking about that when I broke in the business. They were like, oh, fucking leg slappers. But, again, for me, it's more like, um, uh, and, again, I'm not I'm not talking about AEW or any, any anyone in particular, but for me, the, um, the, the part of the business that I – think needs to be addressed uh, is that just because you can imagine a spot, right? Just because you can put together and memorize a certain number of impressive moves and counters and, and, you know, whatever, if you can't do it in a way that still aids suspension of disbelief, then you can't do it. Right. Because it's like, um, and well, fuck it. You know, let me get, let me get a perfect example. When you're in the locker room before the matches, this is this you see this all day long. There'll be six guys over on the side. They have a six-man tag match coming up. And they're walking through the match, okay? And when they're walking through the match, they're literally going through things and they're thigh slapping when they're doing the walkthrough of the match. Okay, you know like they're literally like doing things like they're they don't even realize it, but they're literally practicing looking fake. And it's like it's yeah. just coming it becomes second I, I, nature to them out I there like these guys and they're dancing. I'll be in, I'll, yeah, I'll be in the dressing room sometimes, and I'll see like, and I'll and I'll and it will get so noisy. It, like <laughs> getting closer to getting closer to showtime, it will get so loud because everyone's like, "Yeah, then I'll fucking do this, and then you fucking grab me, and then you know, Fujiwara on by motherfucker." And it's like, and I'm sometimes I'm looking at some of them, and it's like they're basically having the match. Like, and I'm, sort of, I'm going, "Wow, this, this, we're getting like a." You know, dress rehearsal, but you know, <laughs> it is. Like, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion, and again, you know, you, you've got to give me some slack here because I'm actively in the business, right? So it's like, I, I, I realize that anything I say to weigh in on this can immediately be responded to as like, well, here's a clip of a match you just had, you know, so whatever, right? Like, I'm not perfect by any means, but um, I, for me, uh, the the most unforgivable stuff I've seen involves like. <laughs> something not going to plan and then the guy's just stopping dead in the middle of the ring and like right. just going like oh wait a minute like sorry like i don't if it's i don't care that it's a taped show there's fucking people <clears throat> in the seats yeah like that to me is the you know the cardinal sin like yeah. it would it would be one thing if it's like a cinematic match right like if it's if it, you if you're actually filming a scene like if you're actually doing a, a, a some sort of scene or you know something like of that nature, fine. Multiple takes, whatever. Like you know, we're all grown ups here. We're not you know we're not trying to you know <laughs> convince ourselves that that what we're doing is on the up and up. But when there are people in the seats who have paid for a ticket, once you are out through the curtain, your responsibility is to suspend disbelief at all costs. And if you are not ready to do that, and you are not ready to do this. Period. End of story. So if that upsets anyone, uh, fucking who cares? It's yeah. like it, it, I that's just my take on the business. And I wish that uh, there was a little bit more of a balance between um, innovating athleticism and maintaining realism, disbelief. Yeah. Maintaining realism. Yeah. Or the, the perception of realism. Right. Innovative athleticism is fine, but realism has to come first. Absolutely. Next is from Dale Fortunio, and the subject is dull knife, not a sword. 
Hey gang, thanks for muting Joe Fien on his hate for Kiwi's wife. Okay, that wasn't. Um, we're gonna we're gonna suspend this guy from the med. Didn't I say we're not gonna mention that anymore because it's just, it's getting lame? You said no more jokes, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's a joke then, and then we'll just we're gonna suspend this guy from the mailbag. Sorry, Dale. Okay. Anyway, I was listening to AEW, and I can't help but think of how an overrated Excalibur needs to have guidance in his ear at all times. Oh, I know Vince <laughs> is always in people's heads that during any televised event to add to nauseam, but I think it helps put over town in the long run. Let's forget about how ridiculous is, he sounds naming Japanese moves out of thin air, out of thin air could be, or how he sounds like he's relieving himself at least once during each match. The main issue is that as soon as these new signings debut, he instantly, how he has to say he was in the ring with them for a match X amount of years ago. It instantly makes you think that the new talent just come from a low rent backyard free-for-all where everyone does everything. It instantly mitigates the talent. He's done this with Malachi Black, Black, Brody King the other day, and several other times he talks about competing with others in the past. Remember that time Jim Ross talked about fighting Doom? Bonus question. Where the hell is Super Calo? Thanks for the laugh. Unfortunately, Conan would know the answer to where Super Calo is, but Mm -hmm. he's not here. Um, I I, I was shocked when Excalibur was named like the, the announcer of the year. I mean, he's like he's all right, but I, this it's not like his announcing is, you know, I don't know. They 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 embrace the indie level stuff here. A guy comes from the indies, he's like, hey, here's a guy from the indies. You know, it's like they don't really like the, like they 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 take the indie performers, they don't repackage them, they don't rebrand them. They just take the indie performers from from the indies and stick them on the on their stage or on on AEW and just that that's who they are. The guy, these are guys from the indies, you know. And it's like, can I just say, I, I, that, go that, ahead. That um. That question was not really a question. It was basically just a he rant. just vented his opinion. Like what? Right. I, I'm trying to even. How? What was the question in that? Like he basically just buried Excalibur and just went, "Okay, see ya." Yeah. Um. Uh, where where is su- where is Super Kalo is also. That's <laughs> well, that's the question. No, no, yeah, he didn't really have that question. Right? No, no, I'm afraid. What do you think I, of um, What do you think about Excalibur as an announcer? Uh, I think that he. Um, I thought like he he was the announcer for my match with Cody at All In, and I really I enjoyed it. I thought he did a great job. Um, look, the, the the criticism about um, saying that he's been in the ring with these people or whatever, I I uh, I don't have an issue with that because anytime I've um, done guest commentary or even you know sort of did some uh, did some sort of semi permanent um, color commentary with Ring of Honor, uh, I use that. A lot because it's a good that's kind of for me i i always thought that was a good um uh, point of reference you know that was something that again heenan as an example you know heenan would say you know this man is fantastic i manage this man you know this, I, I can tell you this guy he'll do anything to win you know this guy will win at all costs so i think if it's used in context um where for, because for me again uh, this is just my sort of instinct uh when it comes to commentating my instinct is always to like get whoever over, you know, get them over at all costs. Like even if it's, you know, even sometimes if the match is not very good, like I would had I had fun being a commentator the the few times that I did it in Impact and stuff like that, uh, and and uh, you know I, I always seem to get good feedback. Um, but I will say that I had every time I had uh, done commentary on a match. It had always been on a good match, and it had been on a match uh, that I was deeply involved with. So I had a lot of, you know, <laughs> uh, intellectual investment in. It's very different when you have a completely cold match with two people that you know nothing about, and you're sitting there looking at some notes. Uh, I like so uh, Ian Riccoboni, great guy, great announcer. Um, he his wife went into labor early, 
unexpectedly. Uh, and we were in Miami for Ring of Honor. Um, and so about a, a few hours before the show, they're like, Ian has to go. Um, can you do play-by-play? -play? And I'm like, what? You know, play-by-play -play for the whole show? And I did. And it was terrifying. And, I'm, you know, and I wasn't very Wait, good. Wait, you did play-by-play, play, not color? I did play-by-play. Play. Yeah, I was supposed to be doing – I was supposed to be doing – it was three-man – it was it was Ian, myself, and Caprice. Um, and, again, it was just – it just happened organically because I'd been doing some guest stuff to sort of get over, like, matches and stuff I had coming up. I was the NWA champion. Um, and it just – they were like, we really like you having, having you on commentary. Do you want to do it some more? And I was like, yeah, of course. But anyway, this one day, then it's like they come to Caprice and I and say, Ian has to go. So one of you has to do play-by-play. And Caprice kind of looks at me and goes, I think you should do it. And then Hunter is like, yeah, I think you should too. So I kind of went, okay, well, shit. All right. Um, Ian, you know, I have a great respect for play-by-play -play guys because, you you know, on any given day, you can have any number of wrestlers on your monitor who you know nothing about, who you're seeing for the first time. And um, it's, it's very easy to get you know, confused and mixed up and, and start kind of tripping over yourself when you're trying to read notes and you've got someone in your ear saying, oh, do this, do that, plug this, plug that. Um, and I remember just like a couple of matches, uh, these, you know, the couple of, there was one match that was these two Japanese girls, I think they were doing like a women's tournament or something. And I, I mean, I, I'd never seen them before. And <laughs> Ian, bless his heart, he'd done all this research and I've got this page of notes and this one girl comes out and it's like, she's been the, you know, dream cloud like super super 14 you know something or other grand champion and i'm sort of reading this stuff and i'm going like i have no idea like you know what that is right? he could have, <laughs> well, i'm i mean i trusted him obviously but i'm also sitting there going do i just sound like a complete buffoon like saying this stuff like and I, after a while i just sort of got to a point where i was just like well, these two ladies are going to go at it today, and we're going to see who's going to prove himself. You know, because I'm right, just right, right. Let, let me ask. Let me ask I you this: all this stuff because it just gets to a point where it's like over. It's overdone. Once it becomes yeah. obvious to me that you've got a load of notes in front of you, that's to me where it's a, a, it becomes a bit sort of overwhelmed oh, the audience. Let me let me ask you this about Excalibur. Have you seen him without the mask on? No. Have you, Joe? Do you know what this guy looks like without the mask? Is <clears> he no. like ugly or something or I, not? Because because to me that this is this is my take on him. I I I'd never heard of Excalibur. I mean, if he was that big of a deal on the indies, it's like, or wherever he was, I don't know where he was, but like he's wearing his mask on the well, show. Well, yeah, he was one of the guys that founded PWG. Yeah. He's wearing a mask on the show. If I don't know who, I've never seen this guy in the indies. Like, I'm tuning in. I'm like, why is this schmuck wearing a mask and who is he? And there's like people say, oh, that's Excalibur. Like, Excalibur's never been on mainstream television until this. And it's like, I think, I think it looks ridiculous with the mask on. He's going to be announced. You should take the mask off and just be himself. In my opinion, I think you're, it was not, the only, you're not the only person who has, who has shared that opinion. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it one way or the other, because I, I think back to when I was a fan, you know, and I think back to tuning into certain stuff. And when I, you know, I, everyone jumps in the business at some point, right? Like no, nobody has, nobody has complete point of reference for everything. And I'm sure that when I first jumped into the business, there was all kinds of stuff being referenced that I didn't really understand. But I just kind of, but if it's good enough and it's and it's done with enough enthusiasm, it's kind of, you know, to me, I, I, I don't mind because I just remember, I try to think about things as if I were a fan rather than as a, as a you know, curmudgeonly wrestler. Next is from Nick Baldwin. The subject is Barry Windham. Hey guys, big fan of the show here. Just wonder if you had any stories about Barry Windham. 
I don't think I've heard you talk about it much, but you both worked at the same time as him in WCW. I know he's seen as one of the best workers in the world in the 80s, but I guess he was winding down by the late 90s during the West Texas Rednecks. Was he a big ribber like Kurt Henning? Cheers, guys. Nick. Um, number one, he wasn't a ribber like Henning was. Henning was his own category of ribbing. He was like, he was the master ribber. Um, I don't really remember Barry. Barry was kind of like quiet. He hung around his friends. But uh, grow, grow, like going back, like growing up watching him, I thought he was great, right? Going back and watching him after I'd been in the business, I didn't realize like he, he was even better than I thought he was because his, yeah. his work was fantastic. He could fight. He could brawl. He threw a great punch. He, he was athletic. He um, if you watch his match, yeah, his matches against Tully were fantastic. Um, his matches against the Horsemen were fantastic. When he was part of the Horsemen, working against Dusty, was fantastic. He was just great. I mean, like, just go back yeah. and watch his work. It's the, the it's back during hot, hot, hot times too. Right. When he right. turned, uh, when he turned and joined the Horsemen, that was a hot, hot angle back then. We go well, right. watch yeah. the fans. Like the fans are just, you know, a lot of heat. A lot of yeah. you know, so it was good, good stuff back then. You know, the guys are. A, a level performer. Yeah, far. I'm ashamed to say that when I was first exposed to Barry Windham, it probably would have been, um, you know, mid late 90s, whatever. And I remember, you know, as a kid, because you know, and again, this just, just again, kind of going back to the, the the Excalibur question, it's a bit like I try to put myself in the in the position of like, as a kid, you know, this mattered to me and this didn't matter to me. So I remember kind of not really appreciating how good Barry Windham was. Maybe because he was, you know, he didn't have a great physique. Um, he was just, he just sort of looked like a big burly guy. And I remember just sort of being like, eh. Uh, but then over time, you know, as I started to go back and really started to appreciate the the greatness of the NWA in the 80s, I'd start going back and being like, holy cow, this, the thing I loved about that time period, and this is obviously why, you know, anyone who who's seen any of my stuff, can see that I'm, you know, I clearly try, you know, unsuccessfully to to rip it off and borrow from it all the time. But because to me, the thing that was so great about that time period was that the NWA embraced being different from the WWF. Like WWF went, okay, we're going to be about kids. We're going to be, you know, muscle guys that look like action figures, and we're going to sell action figures, and we're going to sell the toys and ice cream bars and we're going to do rock music and celebrity and blah 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 and the, and it's all going to be hulk hogan beats the bad guy every time waves the american flag yada yada kids you know get you get your programs get your merch see you later you know thanks for the money nothing wrong with that it was great the nwa was spit and sawdust spotlight someone's got to win someone's got to lose two guys are going to kick the shit out of each other because they don't like each other or because one of them wants to prove that they're the better man and they were going in there and they were having athletic physical fast-paced believable rugged gritty fights and that's really been the basis and i you know a lot of my conversations with billy kind of hinge on this point right that's missing to a large degree like the, the you know the cr creating a, an atmosphere whereby it's kind of like this is it this is what they came to see we're going to see these two guys hook it up and boy it's going to be physical and that's it for the most part like and Barry Windham you know certain guys fit into certain styles and you know, types of presentation and to me Barry Windham was made for that style of presentation so seeing him in other environments didn't you know wasn't as effective but once i saw him in his prime in the nwa and in that style of presentation in that gritty like a little bit dirty a little bit like you know rough and ready 
kind of presentation with a bunch of people who were mostly adults who just really cared about seeing one guy beat the other's ass, that's where you saw how truly great Barry Windham was. Next is from Matthew Ince. Subject is Triple H is all elite. Hey guys, what do you think of the honest chances of Triple H ever quitting or being released by WWE so that he could start his own company or even come in to help run AEW? And before you do the whole but he's family stuff, Shane McMahon has been fired by WWE twice. Um, I don't know about that. I think, I think Shane left on well, his own accord. There's no way you know. Tony Khan is going to like like bring somebody in that may try to. You, I don't know. I, I just well, it's Tony Khan's company. He he doesn't need trip. He doesn't want Triple H. He doesn't no. need Triple H. It's, it's, he would, he would let's, just let's, let's be dismissed by. Yeah. Put that part of it to bed. Hundred yeah. AEW. No question. Right. Yeah. That, no question. That, right. Like you know. But yeah. Sorry, it's, not it's not even worth. It's not even worth your comment. You know who? Be real for me. You know Go who ahead, is uh, supposed? Who had some conversations with Tony and is probably going to end up working there is Regal. If I don't know if you guys read that or not, but yeah, they need him. Yeah, that they need him. Um, they need him because I'm telling you what they. I don't know what the agents are doing on that show, but they're letting. These people go out there and do some of the most ridiculous things, and a guy like Steve Regal, I think, would be the type of agent they would need back there to like, hey, don't do that, do this instead. You know, I, I think they need a guy like him. Uh, next is from Donald yeah, Big White. Can I, just, can I go ahead? Can yeah. I just weigh in? I just uh, I find this fascinating. I find this conversation fascinating about Triple H because, uh, and I don't want to harp on this point for forever, but I mean, isn't this just wild what we're witnessing at the moment? Where they're just erasing all of his it's, people that I he mean, invested. I, like, he invested I'm, a ton in and, and and promoted and endorsed. I'm 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 usually err on the side of okay, let's not jump to conclusions. Sometimes you try to see the worst in something, and obviously the dirt sheet culture is very quick to you know see the worst and see the nefarious part of any action before giving it proper context. I've done my best to err on that side of things while I've been witnessing this. But at this point, is it not? I mean, just glaring. It's, it's, the obvious it's so obvious that they've had a way, like something has happened where like his influence and regime or whatever you want to call it is being systematically dismantled. I'll tell you exactly what it is. And I don't know. I can't prove because we don't know. But this just looks if, if you if you look at what's happening, there has had to been a private heated conversation between those two. Where Vince basically, where Triple H told Vince, "Bro, you have no clue what you're doing." Do you think that's and what cha- absolutely? This, I, is, what, this see, is what I, this I is what an di- egomaniac would do if somebody challenged him like that. What's your, I, have what's your I have a different feeling on it. Mm. Maybe because I've, you know, a little closer, or at least have had direct experience with at least one of the people who I think is very heavily involved in this. Mm-hmm. I think that it's one person or two, to be more specific, who spend a lot of time with the boss, spend a lot of time feeding him, you know, bits, bits of information and, and convincing him that things are working and things are not working and here's why and, and, and so on and so forth. Because look, the time is coming, uh, you know, one, one way or another, something major is happening, right? With, with, the, I just, I just the, thought the, the just, hand of the King knows what's up. I just bought. Yeah. And the hand of the king is trying to di- trying to look at is looking at his enemy or his. Well, there are two hands. There are two hands. There, of the there king. are two hands. But two yeah. two hands of the king. And I think and, well, actually three if you count if you count Nick Khan. Right. Oh, I was thinking Nick Khan. Yeah. Well, I'm, we're talking about Bruce and Johnny. Let's just and Johnny. Okay. Right. Yeah. Bruce, Bruce right. and Johnny. Nick. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Something is happening. I have a 
you know, I actually, I mean, there's been a couple of theories, but I tell you what, I have one that was that a seed was planted with from a friend of mine who works there, who threw it out to me in a conversation, and I sort of went, "Holy shit, that's wild!" But it's just so crazy that it might be true. You want to hear it? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So, Hughes, you'll have a field day with this. Um, all right, I was unaware up until I saw it on Instagram that Rock and Nick Khan are friends. Grew up together. I, was, I remember seeing that and just being like, "What? Like that's yeah. so." Random. Like, and, it's like this guy's got his fingers in everything. He was calling Coward's agent. He was like, you know, so this guy's got like so many like things. Like, yeah, right. He's like got, got all these connections. It, it, like who? This, this network is unbelievable. But the 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 rock part was the more fascinating part to me because I suddenly go, Dwayne Johnson is part of a a, a conglomerate who have purchased the XFL. Mm-hmm. Nick Khan, his uh, you know apparent childhood friend, is now basically running the commercial aspect of WWE. Who hates Triple H more than anybody you know? Hunter? Rock. Dwayne Johnson. Rock hates him. Really? They have, they, I mean, it's very well documented. <laughs> they, they, you know, uh, from, I wasn't there, obviously. So they're, they're, know, their angles, they, they, they were having like a lot of creative differences behind the scenes. Yeah. I don't know about that. Kind of I, know about that. I think they, I mean, look, I, that's, I, I'm not, I can't comment on that. I wasn't there, obviously. Well, what's, what's the story? Because maybe I missed it's this because well I wasn't paying attention to wrestling. Because well, if it's so it's well known, why did I know this? Supposedly, well Sean, Sean, yeah, Sean and Hunter right. were really hard on Rock when he was coming very in. Very hard on him. Yeah. That's okay. why, one of the reasons, one of the reasons why Rock has, has always shown huge props to Bret Hart. Because Brett was, you know, because Brett was the top guy there, and Brett kind of helped, you know, protect him a little bit. And, and like, he's hey. refused to work with Sean always. He's never worked with Sean. Now, who else have we seen Dwayne Johnson palling around with as of late? Jeff Bezos. Mm. Well, do you suppose that there is a possible combination of Dwayne Johnson, Nick Khan, and Jeff Bezos that could? in the foreseeable future, some way, shape, or form be involved in the new post-McMahon WWE. Absolutely. Because if Russo thinks that it's, he thinks it's a done deal. That, uh, uh, what is, that what is, Actually, I'm interested. What does Vince think? I haven't spoke to Vince in a long the time. Done deal, done deal that, that, that the, the TV deals with Fox and NBC Universal are finished, and that the next deal is with, with a, a streaming service. And okay. Amazon is prime. Amazon Prime. Well, see, all the all the arrows are pointing at Amazon. Think about the Amazon you know, business model, right? <laughs> yeah. What 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 existing infrastructure would be more suited to merchandise licensing, integrated merchandise purchase options during programming? Right. Mm-hmm. We are. That's where we're heading next. Like I've already, I've I've had conversations because obviously, look, I'm in e-commerce. Uh, you know, I've I've had conversations with people who are in the early stages. A friend of mine called Sabir, uh, he used to work for Gary Vaynerchuk. He p- has pioneered. He's already done an event. He did it with uh, New York Fashion Week, where during a live stream, items that were seen in the live stream could be purchased, like with a like with a, a, a touch screen click, like. Mm-hmm. Live widgets would pop up like of the different items. Like, look, well, you're watching something and you get, and a buyer, and I'm talking about like fashion buyers now for, for high street shops, stuff like that, could click on the thing and then go, okay, I want to put an order in. I want to buy 10,000 units of that, you know. Now, that's coming next for consumer, for DTC. That's coming next is you're going to be watching wrestling or, you know, whatever else, right? And Sasha Banks is going to walk out on SmackDown 
and she's going to be wearing her legit boss finger gimmicks or, you know, glasses, hat, whatever. And you're going to be able to press the screen and it's going to take you immediately to a thing where you can buy it in picture. Like it's going to yeah. pop up in the side and you can just, boom, you're, and if it's Amazon, who, who is better equipped to facilitate that exact customer experience right now than Amazon? Yeah, not only that, but th- they could slide the network right onto that Amazon Prime easily. Right you know? in, yeah. <clears throat> right, the whole library. And think about it, you can backdate that same merchandise integration back all the way back. You watch these classic things, Hogan, Hogan slamming Andre, you know, click, I want that Hulkamania shirt. Boom, I'll make you one. Well, just and then let's go one step further. This is so simplistic now is if you think about it. Who's one guy that can afford whatever the, the top market price bears for right. that company? Right. And who would be willing to pay it? And it's Jeff Bezos. And and, yeah. and has no and there is absolutely no pressure on him to make a, a fast return. It's right. There's a, just, you know, look, and they, they want they want the content. They want the content yeah. that the, the networks just, have and they're willing to pay, loud, but pay more, yes. When you think about what like the 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 major revenue streams of WWE, you know, are, are the the content itself and the merchandising. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's fascinating. Yeah. But yeah. you know, the the part of it that that that, that gets me thinking that maybe maybe is a little bit more than me just thinking out loud is the the this this stuff. And and I agree with Russo, but not in the same way. I think it's a done deal already as well. I think whatever's whatever's going to happen has already been agreed in principle. Probably in a you know in a couple of big studded leather chairs over a you know over a cigar and a glass of scotch <laughs> but it's already been described and a lot of these changes they want to happen under the current regime so that then when the new regime takes over it looks like hey a brand new day you know we're the good guys like right you can check out another hour plus of the unedited mailbag with nick aldis on the patreon site at patreon.com slash conan and conan.me si tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como enfermedad cardíaca Asma. Diabetes. Y tienes 19 años o más. 52. 36. 42. Puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente. Una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Huge shout to Freeze Pie for sponsoring today's episode. Smoking cannabis doesn't have to hurt, and for colder, bigger hits, you got to check out Freeze Pipe. Freeze Pipe makes a freezable line of pipes, bubblers, bongs, and more. The secret is their freezable glycerin chambers. Pop one of these chambers in the freezer for one hour, and as your smoke passes through the icy chamber, it's instantly cooled by over 300 degrees. The results will shock you, and you'll notice bigger, smoother hits without the throat burn or intense coughing. Most people who use Freeze Pipe report way less coffee, but everyone reports that these are the smoothest bong rips ever. Smoking this good doesn't have to break the bank either. Stop overpaying for bongs that leave you with that dragon throat and come to the icy side. If you're ready to take bigger hits without the chest or throat burn, go to thefreezepipe.com and use Keepin for 10% off your next order. That's T-H-E-F-R-E-E-Z-E-P-I-P-E.com and code K-E-E-P-I-N. For 10% off anything in the store. Yo, hey, what's up, Billy? We're back with our boy from London Town with the hot news. What do you got, Billy? Boom. Wait, time out. We got to start off with your hot news. Yeah. You were, uh, yeah, you had a, you was, it was all over the internet that I'm, I told everybody you went in, uh, you went into the hospital for a, a penal enlargement surgery and there were complications and right. stuff and things. What, what, what happened after that? They had to, you know, they found this, what, <laughs> Skin grafts. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so what? Uh, what happened? Was this a scheduled visit? Because you had told me you were going to the hospital, but that no, was like no. three this or look, four days before you were supposed to go. Remember? What happened was, is remember that story I told you that I took that bump from FTR and I fractured right. my rib. Right. Okay. Well, I fractured my rib and torn my labrum and dislocated my shoulder. Yeah, those guys need to know how to learn how to work. And I thought, no, nah, that's an accident. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I had been having all these pains, and I thought it was, like, from the rib injury. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I better not fuck around with this anymore. And I called my cardiologist, and he was like, yo, come in here and take a stress test. So I took the stress test, and they were like, yeah, you can't go home because you're, you might have a heart attack. He goes, so we're going to have to go in there and see what's up. And so they put a catheter hurt like a motherfucker oh, God. and uh and they were like yeah uh you have like a blockage he goes mm-hmm. we either can we don't know if we have to put a stent or if it's open heart surgery um uh but we can't operate because your kidneys are fucked up so you know you might have to go on dialysis and i was like oh fuck and then so but anyways to make a long story short they didn't have to do open heart surgery it was a a stent that they put in um uh but my kidneys got fucked up by covid covid fucked up my kidneys and it fucked up my heart bro Mm -hmm. and so um uh so now i have to get like a kidney donor again right Mm. but anyways um that's basically it. Some, uh, I, how do you, how maybe, do you feel? I I feel like um like I like, like I got a gunshot wound, bro. Because they really? put two catheters in me, one to see what's up, and the other one. Have you been shot before? Surgery. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So what we got, Billy? Um, I don't want to just repeat everything I did on my show. So I'll try and find the most interesting stuff here. Yeah. 
condense your show to the best and throw it out here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you remember a few, um, a lot, well, it was, it was around about the time I started on here. It was one of the first stories I did. Remember I told you Steve Austin was out selling most of the roster, even though he doesn't work there with the, with the t-shirt that said, whatever town you're in 316. Yeah. All right. So, uh, there's a report out this week. It, it, it kind of verifies my report, but it, but it, it, it's incorrect. I'd love to say this is completely right because it would be really embarrassing for for the main roster, but it, but it's not accurate. Um, so the story that's out from a website called us-bookies.com published a list of estimated WWE merchandise sales for 2021, and it said the top 10 acts with estimated earnings are listed below. So it had uh, Steve Austin at $3.6 million of merch. Uh, John Cena at $2.6 million. Alexa Bliss at $1.6 million. Um, the, N- the NWO at $1.3 million. Uh, Roman Reigns at $1.2 million. Let's round that up. The Rock at a million. The Usos at $800,000 each. The Warrior at $800,000. And Eddie Guerrero at $700,000. Now, wait so- one second. When I was at Disco, shouldn't you theoretically and I be getting a cut of that NWO t-shirt, buddy? Well, let me give you, let me give, put things in perspective. At my yeah. gym that I work out at, I've seen three T-shirts, wrestling-related T-shirts, since I've been working out there for three years. I've seen an NWO shirt, I've seen an Austin 316 shirt, and I've seen an, a Roman Reigns Acknowledge Me shirt. Wow. I've never seen any other merchandise worn in like – But like, notice that right now when Billy gave out these figures, I think three of the first five were like old school, you know, NWO, yeah, well, people, Stone Cold. Yeah. Uh, well, this just goes one? to show you that, like, bro, half the audience – Half the audience of wrestling right now See, is over fifty. Is over fifty-two years old. The other half is under. Bro, that that you know? and that's. Listen to this, Billy. When I was in the hospital, there was this fucking old man by me, right? And uh, he had like white hair and like all white. And I got in on a Thursday, and this motherfucker was watching SmackDown. And then he was still there Monday, and he was watching Raw. He started from the very beginning. Like, from the very beginning, he knew when it started. Mm. And I was like, wow, maybe they do attract that fucking old crowd. It's not that they attract the old crowd. It's that this is the main concern the company have. The main concern the company have is that uh, the average audience is going up all the time because the fan base that Hulk Hogan attracted is still the is, is, that, is the fan base they're down to. So, essentially, wow. we're going to get to a situation in, in 10 years' time where more fans are dying than children being born that are going to start watching it. And that's going to be the point where they need to look at, uh, where they're looking at developing this or sorting this out or selling the company. Because you can't keep having more fans being, more fans dying than more fans being born. Because at the moment, that's the ratio with everybody that is watching the watching the product is getting a year older. That's a pretty um, detailed, uh, nuanced statement, but I, it is what it is, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the, it, it, it's lo- it's completely lopsided with the with the average age continuing to go up. Like as we all get a year older. But that's that's the main reason you see them going for such a young crowd now. Like the NXT, that's totally for you know a young crowd because I watched NXT on Tuesday. Well, the the official line out, well, not the official line, but the, the inside line is is that they're trying to go for the they're going to try to go for the teenagers because they have a complete missing that market like they, that's the lowest percentile that they have which is getting the 11 to 11 to 16 year olds they don't have them at all i don't know where they dropped off so they have like the and here's uh, another thing i noticed especially on nxt 
more than uh, you know you see you, you you could see it happening slowly but it was really glaring to me yesterday just the global footprint that WWE has, because on that show, that NXT, they had like a Singapore guy, a Brazilian chick, a Mexican one. Uh, Nazi. Yeah, India. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they covered, like, they're covering everything, bro. Yeah, I mean. Australia with that fucking Waller guy. From um, from the perspective of someone that has 11-year-old, like, the interest is is dipping. Like, he's he's been consuming raw as a four in the 45 minute highlight show for a while. Uh, and he'll still watch SmackDown because we do it as a routine. We watch it uh, when we come back from soccer practice on Saturday and we squeeze it in just before the, 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 the 12 30 soccer game. So he has his training. What does he actually like? What does he actually say? Is he, he's interested in, in wrestling that he likes? Um, I think a lot of it is interested in still doing something with me because he has gone off and done, a lot of his own stuff. Like we go to soccer games, but I'm not into these YouTubers that he watches. I'm not into the, the games that he plays and whatnot. So that, that, that gap is formulating now. So wrestling keeps us together, but he ain't gonna, he ain't gonna like watch raw to have something to talk about with me. He ain't gonna, <laughs> he ain't gonna put himself through that. So yeah, <laughs> the main guy, likes, tremendous. It, the main guy likes is, is Roman. Uh, the weird thing is, is like, obviously we, we talked to Bray and we talked to Drew. Um, and um, these are guys that Austin's uh, met and communicated with on the phone and whatnot. And even that didn't, you know, for, for me as a kid, like if I knew Bret the Hitman Hart and, and, and Shawn Michaels, I would have just watched religiously no matter how bad it got. And I did anyway, um, mainly because uh, in the UK we had WWE superstars at 5 p.m. on Saturday. And then we had Wrestling Challenge at 11 a.m. on Sunday. And we were hungry for that content the next week. Uh, and we start, and then um, around about '96, we started getting WCW on Friday nights on on TNT. But yeah, either way, like we were hungry for this small amount of content that we got. So it's a combination of it being oversaturated. He can't keep up with five hours of of uh, WWE plus plus any AW at all. He's got he's got YouTube channels to watch. But like I said, if I could always say, if something comes out and it captivates you. We we he hammered out ten he hammered out um, seven eight hours of Cobra Kai the whole series just on Christmas Eve. So if it, if the content is good, it's good. If the content's like not compelling, like they're not going to watch it. Like the WWE have got no excuse where they can turn. Have around. you been watching that series yourself? Cobra Kai. Yeah, well, I watched it with him. I can't. Like it? Oh yeah, yeah. I, okay, I can. wait one second. This guy's got a <laughs> Cobra Kai shirt on. Wait one second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me look what I have. What do you got? What do you got? The head, the headband? Oh, you got the action figure. Oh my god! There okay, go. wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, did you used to be a what culture? You Did you used to be a what culture? No, no. What do you mean by what culture? They're all signed to, to Austin. Can you see it? They're not to me. Oh, I seen that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I don't believe that. <laughs> it's a CGI. Uh, what a, did, did you? Uh, um, he asked you, "What do you think of what culture?" What do you think of what uh, culture? The what culture? I, I don't. What can you think of it? I mean, all, all they all they did was um, top ten lists and all this kind of. It's just, yeah, right, just it's just clickbait shit. They don't like me. They don't like me. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> what else we got? Well, this story is not. This story is like not even half done. So, 
Uh, as I'm running through the list, they, they claim the top 10 items were... Uh, I'll, I'll run through some of them. It take too long. Uh, Steve Austin Legacy Championship Collector's Tile, which priced up at $850 a belt. Uh, and they said they sold 1,600 of these, and that made the company $1.4 million in revenue. Uh, they said the Alexa Bliss doll at thirty dollars a piece. Wait a second! Wait a second! Sixteen hundred times eight fifty is how much? Well, it's accurately one one million three hundred fifty nine thousand nine hundred eighty four. I round it. Wait a minute! I hang on a minute. I got to do a calculator here. <laughs> eight hundred fifty dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And they sold sixteen hundred fifty of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, sixteen fifty. This ain't my this ain't my story. I'm I'm correcting this. Story. No, but I'm saying I'm, I'm wondering if that math is is accurate. All right. What do you get then? Oh yeah, one uh, yeah, one point four million. Wow. Yeah. What what was that? Guy? I just, that didn't seem that didn't, seems like it'd be less than that. That's weird. I yeah, I mean, that's, that's how quickly his company can make money. Um, thirty dollar, thirty dollar. Right, that's exactly what I'm thinking as you're saying that. Right, like sixteen hundred uh, is not a lot of people. You know, like in a global right. market, right? That's one point four million dollars. Right. Jesus Christ, right? Uh, thirty thirty dollar Alexa Bliss dolls. Uh, they sold twenty eight thousand eight hundred. For um, for a profit of or for a you know, revenue of uh, eight hundred and sixty-three thousand seven hundred and twelve, um, the cheaper Austin belt um, would there's not as thick five millimeter plate. Three hundred dollar sold two thousand eight hundred estimated sales. Um, John Cena spinner replica three hundred thirty dollar price two thousand two hundred sales for seven hundred twenty-five thousand nine hundred seventy-eight. So there's there's a whole top ten list here. We have some like t-shirts in here. Uh, bloodline we the ones t-shirt etc that that got in here but what the way they work this out and this is the problem that i have with it because this doesn't match my 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 data they compiled these figures they said by estimated sales and earnings is a number that we came up with based on the official wwe annual report and a number of reviews on the official wwe shop so try to follow this because it's it's weird what they did on the annual report we can see that they had 700,000 sales last year, and we managed to scrape up 7,000 reviews out on the official shop, which is 1% of sales. So we've multiplied our numbers by 100 to get a close estimate. So essentially what they did is they, 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 they looked at every single review. They times the reviews by 10, and they used the reviews to make sales up for these things. Now, me and Cav disputed this because we said – if you buy a T-shirt, you're not going to leave a review. Go, oh, this cotton was amazing. Like it's the most comfortable T-shirt I ever bought. But if you buy a replica championship belt, which is you know a very high-end item, you're more likely to leave a review about it because your expectations of what that championship's going to look like, feel like it, you know, the, what the leather's going to smell like. Like that's going to be like more of a thing you're going to speak about. So I dispute these figures. What I don't dispute here is that Steve Austin has outsold most of the the main roster. Whether he did or didn't make $3 million. And by the way, these figures, this research that they've done, they have no road figures here at all. This is purely from the dot-com. And on the road, Roman Reigns has smoked everybody because he has items on there that sell every single night. Not only his T-shirt, but the number one selling item of the year, was the Roman Reigns $20 signed promo photo. Oh, he's the coolest guy on the roster. Yeah. Why wouldn't you buy his shit? But that's what, that's what I'm saying. They, doing- they, bro, they found gold in that guy right now, and he always does it. Vince, you know, whether it's Cena, whether it's Hogan, whether it's The Rock, whether it's Rome, he finds him, and there's another one. Well, this is what this is what I'm saying. At, at, at 
at eight, approximately 8,000 sales a night. They're making $160,000 per night on Roman, Rain, Roman Reigns autographs, which cost 20 cents to print. So that is the widest profit margin product that they have. And this is not factored into this big story. This big story was put out as if Steve Austin is the number one seller in the WWE. And like I said, like I, I, I'm not disputing this like entirely because this is my story from three months ago where I told you guys that Steve Austin was in the top five with the Texas store. Not, they don't even do Texas. Texas is too big. Dallas 316, Houston 316, Brooklyn, Philadelphia. New Jersey. Yep. Yeah, all of that, yeah. and I told you, and so, and, and I guess the mindset and that's is like, great. Those, and those are great marketing ideas, right? <laughs> you know, and there's loads of reasons behind it. It's like um, I love Steve Austin when he was there. I don't love Seth Rollins. I don't think I love Drew McIntyre. I like watching his product still, but I'm not in love with these guys anymore, like I was with the NWO, like I was with Hulk Hogan, and I love Steve Austin, and also I love where I live because. That's a U.S. thing where you're very much like married to your states and cities and it comes with the, the patriotism in general. Like we don't really like that over here. But, yeah, I mean, most guys, they want to represent their, their city and want to, and, they, and if they want to cling to Steve Austin. Plus, there's that not that whole tie into to wrestling now. It's like it's, it's oh, it was cool then and I, it's not cool now. So I'll buy the Austin shirt. That, I mean, that, 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 the sales of that shirt makes perfect sense and why it does so well. But – I knew Steve Austin was going to be high up here, but I, I can tell you he's not number one. So this big story that was out and getting a lot of attention last week, it's not completely accurate, but it is a telling it is a telling story when it comes to all of the other guys. And one of the other things on here that stands out, um, Alexa Bliss's dull sales over the last quarter, that's why you're seeing that character back on television now. Because that character was yeah, I was like, oh my god, when I watch Raw and they did that psychiatrist skit and everything was centered around Alexa, I thought of you. I was like, oh, Billy's right. This chick just sells a lot of dolls. Yeah, um, I'm gonna skip over one of my story. We did a long story about what's happening with the the Rumble. The gist of it is is that um, the COVID situation with Roman kind of messed up their plans because uh, we talked about it last week. Roman was supposed to beat Brock with Heyman's help, and then Brock was going to come back and win the Rumble. The situation now, as I said last week, was to have Lashley win somehow and to have Brock still go into the Rumble. The problem is, is that you still got this Saudi card coming up. Now, way, way back when you knew you were doing when is, Saudi When is the next Saudi card? The next Saudi card is the Elimination Chamber in Feb. Mm. February. And, okay. Yeah, and they knew they had a Saudi card coming up, but originally what you were doing on this card was Goldberg and Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre. And what I've got in my information about Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre, the reason for that would have been Drew would have lost at the Royal Rumble in a controversial way. So he would have made Brock put his number one contendership up. That's what they were going to do when this was a regular pay-per-view. Now it's an elimination chamber. You have to determine a number one contender. So in order for Brock to win the, in order for Brock to win the Royal Rumble and still be in the Elimination Chamber because he has to be at Saudi, um, he would have to uh, essentially get himself into the Rumble illegally and then he would have to put up his title shot against the five guys that he eliminated illegally from the match. That's the that's the working plan at the moment with the alternative plan being... I, I guarantee you, here's, here's the plan. I mean, they, they're basically going to use the, the relationship between him and Adam Pearce 
who kind of fired, you know, suspended him, fined him and stuff, everything, all that. I could see Lashley beating him and then him having to, like, work his way to get into the elimination chamber to work his way back into that match. So you think he'll miss the Rumble completely? Uh, no. Wasn't he wrestling? What's he doing at the Rumble? Well, he's, he's, he's supposed to be facing Lashley. But, the, but, but, but for a long time, he's also supposed to be winning the Royal Rumble. So they can easily change that and go with the Raw guy. And oh, he, make he, could be the 30, he could be the 30th guy or something, maybe. Lose a man. I don't know. Who, who knows? Well, yeah, the idea is that he comes in and wins. Um, but, the, but in order to get the, the main plan, the main problem they've got at the moment is how do we get Brock to Saudi? Now, I don't want, I don't want, to, hear, I don't want to hear spoilers on what's good, like, like what they're, they're planning on doing out of that. I'd rather, I'd rather not hear that. You know what I'm saying? Well, well, here's what they're not doing. So there was I like a match. Spoilers. There was there you, was a match. Really? There yeah. was a match that was supposed. I can't to be on- stand spoilers. I think I think people that do spoilers are the worst vermin on the on the face of the earth. They're wow. terrible people. Horrible. <laughs> the, the, the Walking Dead spoiler people on Twitter were like the worst people ever. They were because they did not respect the the uh, the three the the West Coast East Coast uh, time change time difference right and they would screw everybody on the West Coast and just spoil everything if you're on the West Coast you could not be on social media for three hours before that show started Dude, why do you, you would yeah why do you think we wiped out Cobra Kai in the first day like because you can't <laughs> right. Like, oh, right 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 yeah right otherwise I'd be like out of social media for for two days um, right. but I mean these these aren't spoilers these these are ideas that they have. They're trying to basically, long story short, they're trying to work out a way that if we have Brock win the Rumble, how do we get him to Saudi Arabia? The, the initial idea was to, the day one match was supposed to be a six-man tag. So then they moved the six-man tag to Saudi. Now they don't want to do the six-man tag at Saudi either. The six-man tag I'm talking about is Brock Lesnar and the Viking Raiders against the uh, Bloodline. Um, uh, and, and now they, they already pulled the trigger now this week with the Viking Raiders now being the number one contenders. I got a lot of shit for this story on on YouTube, but like the, the Viking Raiders are the number one contenders. You, you can believe it or, you, or not. Sometimes, like, trust me, when something so seems so stupid, like, it's not, I'm not going to make it up. Like, that, it, it doesn't do me any favors when it, when, it doesn't, when it doesn't happen at all. But, like, all I can say is the Viking Raiders are number one contenders, and I told you they'd be the number one contenders uh, about six weeks ago, so I heard Hunter is a big mark for the show Vikings. Right. Now, I wonder if like everybody there, because like Hunter's a big mark for you know. I wonder if like Vince and like like all these other guys like Bruce and everybody watch that show, and they're all just marks for the Viking Raiders. I don't watch the show. I think the Viking Raiders gimmick is cartoonish and goofy, but it's like you know, I don't know. But that's what remember you those are. vignettes. Remember the vignettes they were, bro. How how long ago was it when they that were was those terrible. vignettes with with, with Montez? With, with the not with you did with the um Montez with the street, Pro- street profits street yeah. profits street profits the game with the games the Vikings oh the, yeah. yeah that was good. <laughs> <laughs> we always said we, there's nothing worse than bad comedy and that was right. bad comedy yeah, yeah. It, it was funny because I was on with Russo and I said to them like this is where you can't do so many so much content in the in the silent arena like you can't do too much in ring during this right. time because it's really it's really it was a really bad look. So I said, now you've got to like try and create alternative television for yourselves. Yeah, and yeah. I said, you've got to just do as many things as you can outside of the ring. And then we put this, and then they literally aired this the next week. And I just went on Russo's <laughs> show and said, yeah, I'm wrong. Like they can't, they haven't, they haven't got any more. Like, right, let me, and, but let me tell you this: those guys, they're super, super talented and charismatic. And like we had brought them to Tijuana, 
and they'd never been seen in Tijuana. And the Tijuana. What were they called back then? War Machine, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they, the, they were two big guys with devastating looking moves and stuff. Everything. Right. So they took them into they 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 brought them in the WWE and they turned them into guys that literally think that they're like v- v- Vikings. Right. You know, from like the Nordic times. <laughs> it's like a, right. Whatever, right? goofs instead of guys, like killers. And these and <clears throat> you know the Tijuana crowds are kind of like um, well you're gonna have to prove to me that you're good because we've seen so much good wrestling here. But once you get over with them, they're really like they're really behind you. And anyways, uh, they went in there in their debut match and people threw money in the ring. I mean, they fucking rocked it. You know, they were very talented. So I, for me, it's hard to me to see them this way. Just, just like for me, it's hard to see Ricochet. Just like it's hard for me to see Finn Balor. I'm like, what a waste of talent. What, what do you think it is why they can't create that alternative, like outside of the ring content and make it compelling? Because I remember some stuff. I, I mean, back if I go way back, one thing that always stands out back in '93, um, I think you you were there at the time doing Max Moon uh, yep. at the start of the year. So they were trying to get Yokozuna over. Right. So they sent Gene Oakland to him to see what Yokozuna eats. And they were right. in a Chinese restaurant. And they were, and apparently, so I heard. Um, in a recent documentary, I thought all the time they were pretending that he ate like thirty pound of food. They were chopping up like five pound of sushi, ten pound yeah. of chicken, all this rice, and he was eating it. So recently, there's a documentary out. Anyway, this is pointless to the story, but it said that actually Yoko ended up eating nearly all of that food, genuinely. Probably. Right? But, uh, but the but the point was is that I still remember the segment. Like it was fascinating to me at the time, and I and even to the other day. Uh, you can find everything on the network. It's on a VHS tape called Smack and Whack'em, and they've uploaded all the VHSs onto the network. I still find that interesting. I thought, oh, you're a kid. Of course you, you find it interesting that a fat dude's eating all this food. Like, that's what a kid would find interesting. But no, it was actually just done so much better back then. Like, so I, I don't understand where the creative dip is and why, and why everything's so cringy and bad. I don't know, bro, but let me tell you two quick Yoko stories. One, uh, that motherfucker, he was so fucking cool and uh, real G. I remember when I was in WWE doing the Max Moon gimmick, he had been in a fight and somebody stabbed him in the leg and he didn't even know he had been stabbed. stabbed like he went to put on his wrestling gear, I guess, from the night before. And um, we went to South Central LA one day, which is like the hood. And bro, he had mad respect on the streets. I was like, what the fuck, you know? And um, I remember one time when we were in Mexico, we were in this place called Arena Lopez Mateos, which is in Mexico City, and it was fucking packed. And he just called it out of nowhere. He goes, uh, leapfrog me, then body slam me. And before I knew it, you know, he was coming at me, and I leapfrogged him, body slammed him. Bro, that place came unglued. Well, is this in WWE? Is this in WWF? Uh, in Mexico. He was wrestling for uh, UWA in Mexico City. Right. Uh, Toreo. Yeah. Well, after he after he left or before he got in? This was before he got into WWE. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, where, where am I at? So, where am I at? I'm trying to think where I'm at. All right, yeah, so Disco, you don't want any spoilers on that. So, my the, the, whole, point, the whole point of the story is, is that they're trying to work Brock into Elimination Chamber. So... Right. That, 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 so let me ask you a question. Do we already know the? We don't know because we have to wait to see what happens in the Royal Rumble, right? WrestleMania main event. The WrestleMania main event is Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. All right. That 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 will be the main event on night two. 
that, that, that good main event. And you said Lash, Lashley versus Omos is to be expected? Ugh. At the, mo- at the moment, yeah. But, I mean, there's – I haven't heard anything since – He's the like the most unintimidating big guy I've ever seen. He comes out in a bomber jacket and goes, Rrr. that's it. The, the, problem, I mean, the thing that you have is that Vince McMahon respects the, the Undertaker. Right. And, yeah. I mean, it's not just Undertaker. It's Steve Austin, Kevin Nash as well that have said this. But the Undertaker went as far as to say recently that um, Omos has my number. If they ask him, I've told him, like, don't b- protect yourself, which basically means, I imagine, don't sell. Right. Uh, right. Protect yourself. And if you're, if you're doing anything that you don't sound right, get me on the phone and I'll call Vince. So this is the Undertaker going out and saying this on like on television on the on the WWE show like he's saying that if almost I've, t- I've given almost advice and if he's ever it did it, then don't do anything you don't think is right and if you do feel like you, and if they're making you call me and I'll speak to them so if you have that in your corner then what does that mean that that I mean is Vincent Mann going to have a creative argument with the Undertaker when Undertaker's put his massive stamp on this guy uh, Undertaker said this is the biggest attraction we've had since Andre the Giant like, I'm not seeing that myself. My, me neither. I actually met Andre the Giant, you know, backstage in WWE. <laughs> See, I don't get no Andre vibes. Bro, Andre looked like a freak. You know, he just, and he was on a whole nother level. This guy just looks like a tall guy. That's it, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, Andre yeah. was kind of, def- not deformed, but like kind of, you know, like he had that giantism, whatever it's called. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, what's it? Oh, it's popped he had down. a freaky look to him. Like, fuck, this guy could be a giant. Acromegaly or something? something yeah, like something like that. Acromegaly, yeah. Something yeah. Like um, so, yeah, well, while we're talking about Undertaker, so that was my main story this week. WWE are now reaching out to Undertaker again. Um, what? 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 Uh, can you make Mania? What's your, what's your physical condition like? Can you do a match? Um, we want, we'd like you to do one more match and get you in the Hall of Fame. So that would be the headliner if he wants to do it this year. And uh, he would all, they, they would like him to work the next night. And, and to make it as smooth as possible, uh, they would just be wanting him to go back out there with AJ again because they never had the, the in-ring match. But I don't think... I don't Who's think this, I, Undertaker? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Undertaker. All right. So the, the Hall of Fame things, the Hall it of Fame. It just shows you how much they have to brace on the past, you know, another right. example. And you can check out another hour's worth of content with Bill Body on the Patreon site at patreon.com slash Conan and Conan.me, including more wrestling news, NFL, and UFC predictions. Also, please check out Billy on Patreon at lockbetting.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Conan. What up? I know you're an aficionado of a certain green plant, but I want to talk to you about it. Yeah, I want to talk to you about a different type of greens. All right. Our friends at Legacy Sports Nutrition has a new wellness collection, and one of their newest products is their Superfood Pro line of powders. Reds, greens, and organic greens are all available in easy to mix and good tasting flavors, so you can harness the power of superfoods every day without having to buy all the kind of crazy fruits and veggies that go bad after three days. There's a reason why professional athletes and fitness experts worldwide have been using green supplements in their daily routine for years. They work. Supplementing with greens is a way to get a daily dose of the key nutrients found in multiple fruits and vegetables consistently rather than certain nutrients only when you eat certain fruits or vegetables. One daily scoop of Superfood Pro Organic Greens gives you 43 different organic fruit, herb, and vegetable extracts and powders, making it one of the most complete green powders on the planet or on the market. Superfood Pro Reds is a great stimulant-free pre-workout because the beets and other real superfoods are fantastic for blood flow and circulation. They can also help blood flow in other areas, if you know what I mean. Level up your daily nutrition and take your body and mind to the next level by adding Superfood Pro to your daily routine. As always, go to LegacySupps.com and use code K100 to get 10% off and support this show in the process. That's L-E-G-A-C-Y-S-T-U-P-P-S.com and code K100 for 10% off. And real talk, we always talk about the stuff on this show that um, that we uh, uh, promote. We try it ourselves. This is something I definitely try all the time because I'm not a big fan of vegetables because they don't have much taste. And so I use this to get the nutrients that I need because I don't eat enough vegetables. And it doesn't have a chalky taste. And it's really good for you. And I've gotten really good results from it. So I highly recommend the Super Green Food. Um get it at legacy subs boom all right so we got the guys on for the round tables here we got uh mark warburton of course cj Emanuel returning and uh brandon uh brandon is this your first time on here it is yeah is it uh, thanks let's thanks go for joining patreon man let's go brandon <laughs> <laughs> we got let's go brandon where are you here, calling right? from brandon uh flint, uh, flint Michigan. oh we got your email like last week didn't we no that was oh, me. somebody from flint okay never mind yeah. All right, let me ask you, because Conan just got out of the hospital. So, we, Conan, did you watch SmackDown? I watched. No, I didn't see SmackDown, so you can go over that. I, was, I watched well, no, Raw, no, we'll skip, we'll skip NXT. Smackdown, we'll skip I SmackDown. watched Raw, NXT, and Dynamite. Okay, I watched the Raw highlights, and I watched Dynamite. Ever watch Dynamite? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, my fav- that's my favorite show to review, okay? <laughs> um, let's, so let's start with Dynamite, okay? Um, because a lot of, let me see this. You know what's funny, too? Everybody and their mother... Thinks I'm in, like they listen to the clips that we put up on YouTube, and it's a parts where I'm critical and stuff. And then everybody thinks I hate on the show and sort of thing. My two favorite shows to watch are SmackDown, and I like watching Dynamite. I'm entertained by it. I'm entertained by because like watching it from a point perspective, like I got to review this show. I mean, there's stuff on there that I like, but I like. I mean, I, I'm interested in sometimes when the, when they make mistakes, and I can point them out. Okay. Um, so the show starts off. 
Uh, Moxley makes his entrance. Okay, let me ask you guys a question. What do you think about Wild Thing, the song? I hate it. I like it. It's do you really? Yeah, because I I'm a big. Other, I like his other song that he used to have better. That was good. Yeah, but yeah, I, I like I, it because I'm a major fan of the movie Major League, and that's where he got it from. You know, so. All right. So he comes out to to Wild Thing. Uh, he removes his jacket. Starts to speak. Okay. So a fan. <sighs> A fan says something that, that pissed him off. He said, get out of the ring, you drunk piece of shit or something. Oh, he says, this is what he says. Hey, go F yourself. Get that guy out of here. No, I'm, that's what Moxley <laughs> said. Yeah, the fan said something Moxley about said. drunk piece of shit. Yeah. Oh, did he really? Okay, so, so Moxley said, hey, go F yourself. Get, yeah. get that guy out of here. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, did, did, did they not... I, I guess in AEW, they, you can, just, can you just cuss and say anything? Because the censors are never... They're not censoring anything on this show. And I don't know how the advertisers and stuff in there, like, because this is just, these are all taboo things. I've worked for WCW. I see WWE with their, you know, WCW is on Turner, Turner Broadcasting. I'm, I'm baffled that they can cut so much on this show, and especially the F word. I'm like, you just don't say that. Well, have I'm you, have you seen television. Madden and Shane Helms going back and forth about it? Yeah, Madden's yeah. got a good point. Yeah. I don't, I don't Shane, Shane's got, you know, I mean, I, I understand, but like, you know, bro, the F word is different. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's, you just don't say that one on TV, right? Uh, he said he had a dream about having a black cloud hanging over him. It was kind of demon that follows you around for your whole life. Moxley spoke of having scars and pretending they are not there. He said there, there are those are the scars we should be proud of because they tell our stories and make us the people that we are. Moxley said nobody's perfect. Everyone was perfect in the world. Would be a very boring place. He said he should stand up, scars and all, and say this is me. Uh, Moxley said there are plenty of people who write him off or doubt him. He said he can say whatever you want or think whatever you think. He said he'd tell them the same thing he'd tell the demon from his dream, shove it up your ass. Moxley said he doesn't run from demons. He can kick the shit out of them. Uh, Moxley thanked everyone who supported him through everything and told everyone that he'd be going on one hell of a ride and said that more... Moxley said that more than anyone in the business, he's now truly free. So there's no hell that can put him on the, uh, it can put on him in the ring that's worse than the hell that he's already been through. Moxley said he's thirsty, and if you thought he was dangerous before, the only thing he's drinking is blood these days. Um, this is a good promo. I didn't like the f, you know, of course the f bomb was, you know, misplaced. Um, this is this is a good promo. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it. What'd you guys think? Thought up. Tremendous ovation when he came out. Norman Smiley had told me about him when he was in developmental, our boy Norman. And he always told me, Conan, you got to look at this guy. He just walks a different beat. He's different. This every, and he, he does have a different vibe to him. Even when he was in WWE doing whack shit, I liked him. Yeah. Um, I just didn't like the fact that for a while, and I think he must have heard the show because the way he treated me, would believe me to think so, that, bro, he looked out of fucking shape. You know, but he looks real good now. He looks mm-hmm. in shape. He yeah. looked fired up. That was a good fucking promo. People loved it. And uh, to me, I'd turn CM Punk or Cody and have him feud with Moxley. To me, that's money. Yeah. Or p- potentially, I, uh, potentially Brian, Brian could feud right. with him because, sorry, because Brian is kind of twisting in the wind now. So maybe have Brian and him face off. Brian's just, the, the, the cursing the cursing thing it would be one thing if if it was just moxley that threw a, a curse out here and there but i feel like there's way too many guys just throwing yeah. curses all over the it's place. unnecessary everybody's doing it it's like it, the, 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 it doesn't mean anything it just looks like they're just cussing for the sake oh yeah. we can cuss so let's just let's do, yeah, let me throw like, a cuss or try to make myself as sound mm-hmm. right like instead yeah. instead of genuine you know and yeah. archer dropped uh, an f-bomb during his match too did he really yeah I miss that. Okay, so uh, next is MJF and Wardlow in the locker room. 
Uh, I said last week's embalming, uh, an embarrassment. I, I, did I miss something? I can't recall Wardlow talking. Has Wardlow talked ever on this show? Has he said anything? Very little, but he can talk. Okay. He accused Punk of holding Wardlow's hair and tights while pinning him, and MJF said Wardlow needs more seasoning, so he would have known how to reverse the move to beat him. <laughs> MJF apologized to Wardlow for losing his cool last week and noted that it was his birthday. MJF said Wardlow put his hands on him last week, and he's no choice but to dock his pay. I think this whole thing there, this got corny for me. MJF said he would raise his pay again if he qualifies for the face of the Revolution ladder match and wins a TNT title for him. MJF said Sean Spears would show the world and Wardlow how to get the job done when he faces Punk later in the show. Um, I, I, I thought this was good. I, I think this whole thing is like he's – this is corny to me. All right. That's just me. I don't know. Like, what do you guys I, I don't – like if they didn't tease the whole thing with MJF and Wardlow like earlier on – I think I ought to be a little bit more interested in what is going on right now. But since they already did that, I really don't care. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah, and that, he, here's the bad part, bro. We've seen this before. You know, they're getting heat. They're getting heat. They're getting heat. And you think in real life, if Warlow was really a badass, he would have slapped the, the taste out of his mouth a long Definitely. time ago. Right. Why does he keep putting up with this shit? And, that, right. and, and now it's kind of become corny. Not as corny as whatever bronzer or fucking spray tan MJF had on. <laughs> he's had it on heavy, didn't right. he? For, 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 for example, they've been. They, they, he's had so many opportunities where the guy should have slapped him in the face, right. but when he does it, it's not going to mean as much as he could have right. done it like right. three or four times. And you and know? you're and I know what you're doing. You're trying to build up to the slow build when you finally meet him, just like you're doing with CM Punk. But you're taking too long to fucking get there. Right. Uh, so next is Adam Cole and Britt Baker against Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. Um, uh, yeah, let me just say right off the bat. <clears throat> I love this guy's song. Sounds like X Pac is singing it, or Kid Rock, or like the guys that sang the DX theme. Oh, Adam Cole song. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, great a good, song. Yeah, it is a good song. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's and a AEW great. AEW is doing a pretty good job with the music in general. I feel like yeah, there's yeah. a lot of good songs people can yeah. listen. and a great well, entrance. Well, that's the one thing. There's, there's their music is on is not on par with WWE, but it's not far off. Like shows like Impact, the music is just lame. It's like computer right. generated, you know, <laughs> right, right. I'm so serious, you know, so, but like their music is, is solid, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so they, they, they're, this is 14 minutes. I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but uh, Cole ended up rolling onto the ramp, which was level with the ring. And Cassie tried to dive at him, but Cole super kicked him. Cole went to the rope. Statlander tossed Cassie back inside the ring. Baker caught Statlander with a kick and then put her down with the destroyer on the ramp. Cole hit the Pittsburgh sunrise and Cassidy for a good near fall. Cole and Baker took the timekeeper's table and moved it closer to the ring, and Cassidy went for an orange punch, but Cole moved. When Cassidy ran the ropes, the, uh, they bumped into Baker, who fell through the table below. And that, bro, what, why did they, it's like, <laughs> it's like they set these, this furniture up, like, outside the ring, and, like, they always, like, land on it perfectly. It's like, you know, it's like, what's the point of these tables? They, they do a table spot every single week on the show. Do you notice that? Every week there's a table spot. Several table spots every week. Uh, it's just like, and it doesn't look. And, that, and, and in the worst part of it, bro, they look like such a weak table spot. When we right. see so it did many look weak, such yeah. cool table spot, she just jumped off the apron backwards, was kind of bumped, and right. like, you know, it like the table started falling before they even hit shit. It didn't right. even look devastating. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so Cole, uh, so Cole goes over. Um, since Orange Cassidy beat Jericho, has he had a signature win against anybody of note? Bro, when he got no. into the ring, the first thing I thought was, 
has this guy lost a lot of steam, you know? Yeah. How, how they were building him up in the beginning. I hope he regains it because he's actually very cool. He's got. He's in the worst faction in the company right now with the, with the best friends yeah, in Wheeler, Utah. Yeah, that faction is mega JoJo. <laughs> Wheeler, Utah, like Chris Stepp right. or the alien. Yeah. I don't know. And here's another thing. I don't think this is just me old school, but I don't think as a ba- as a heel, Britt Baker should be doing that DMD spot. Wait till your baby yeah. face. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> so backstage, Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz were interviewed by Alex Marvez, who struggled to get his sentence out. <laughs> um, he said he said the trio would face Daniel, Daniel Garcia. Bro, they love Daniel. I mean, I, I like these guys, but the fact that these guys are so high on the card this fast is just fascinating to me. Okay, Daniel Garcia 2.0, Matt Lee, and Jeff Parker. Marvin has also said that Eddie Kingston was injured by the heel trio last week. But why is it fascinating? 2.0 got the K100 bump. So yeah. Exactly. That's that's a good we'll be right. I, I have a question about the K100 curse for a match later on, but we'll get right. to that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Jericho said he doesn't care. Okay, uh, Marvin has also said that Eddie Kingston was injured by the heel trio. Jericho said he doesn't care about Kingston, and he can GFY. Santana interrupted and said that Jericho might not care about Kingston, but he and Ortiz do. <laughs> Santana also said there might be something to what Kingston said about Jericho being the reason why they are not the AEW Tag Team Champions. Santanico asked when Jericho has had their backs. It, it's a good question. These guys, none of these people in the inner circle have had anybody's backs in, in, for, for like the longest time, right? When was the last time Jake Hager was even on TV? I, I don't know. He said that next week they might start focusing on themselves rather than this. Santana asked if Jericho felt him. Then he and Ortiz walked away. And Jericho, looking very sad, says... No, I don't feel you. <laughs> what do you, what think, you it, think about that? What do you think of his GFY uh, catchphrase that he's getting going? I don't know. This was a bizarre segue into like turning them against each other, but then Chris looking sad. Hmm. I don't know if I would have booked that there at the end. Did you? What did you think of that, Conan? Well, it looks to me like they might be breaking them up. I like this. Channel your energy. You know, I can tell LAX is mad for real because they've been used like shit. And that's why when, you know, like CM Punk was so bomb in his day because he actually, he used actual rage in his promos and it came out and it manifested. He can't do it again. He's not, I used to do it in LAX. And I remember people say, oh, wow, that's really passionate what you said. Yeah, motherfucker, it's passionate because that's what I feel. Do you, you know? keep in touch with these guys? Huh? Do you keep in touch with Santana Ortiz still? Yes. Yes. Let me ask you a question. This is maybe you can drop a story here for us. Uh, some hot news. As a shoot, do they think Jericho's holding them back? Um, oh, I could tell by the pause in your voice that there might be some truth to that. What are the um, yeah, very, very interesting Conan's reaction? I don't think I don't think they think he's holding him back. I just think they're not doing shit with him, and they're like, "Well, what uh, are we doing?" You know what I'm saying? I want to ask so, the panel here. Does that sound like Conan? Maybe like uh, was a little bit untruthful with that answer there. That maybe they do think that Jericho's holding back, and you don't want to admit it on the on the air. What is Jericho going to do? Fire me? I don't think so. I don't yeah. give a fuck. <laughs> I'm just be, telling you that. Yeah, I mean, we'll be fired uh, up. I, we, we already I, quit him. We already right. the <laughs> I love Chris, but he knows in you know how I am. You know, I'm yeah. I keep the shit one hundred. But anyways, um I just think, you know, I think they're mad. You know, and they you have every right to be fucking mad. That maybe they haven't Chris, done shit with them. So let me give you let me give you another thing here. So you I think they might be shoot mad right. that they haven't done much with them. 
but Jericho has maintained like a pretty strong spot on the card while just basically the no, rest because of the guys I think they understand Jericho's going to take care of himself, and that's how the <clears throat> game is. Everybody's got to look up for themselves. He didn't make them no promises. You know what I'm saying? And you know how it is in this game. It, 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 it sharks, you know? And so I was just listening to this interview that Joe sent me that Eric had on me, mm-hmm. and he even said it. Me and Conan butted heads all the fucking time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was very passionate about what he wanted, and I'm glad. I, I feel right now, LX, like, fuck it, man. Let's do something with this. They're talented as fuck. Yeah, and so, and I think that them with Eddie Kingston, they're all really from New York. They're really all boys. They could have something there if they brought Diamante in. Let me see this. Yeah. Let's be honest. Bro, when, they, when Santana and Ortiz, okay, yeah. who are two street New Yorker, Right, you know, maybe gang tie guys, you know, right. like it's on like, final letter. Bro, when they got beat by by the guys that drove, that got driven to their show, by, right. by the mom in the car but, right. in, a, in yeah. a street fight. Bro, I was furious. They have, they have not. Re- terrible they, they have been at, at a lesser level ever right. since that. And match. that was a great match. It really yeah. was, yeah. But, but them that losing was... to them, right? It's like their spot in the car just just greatly got reduced. You, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so backstage, Adam. So Alex Marvez got his one sentence out. Which let me awkward. ask you a question, uh, Brandon and Mark and uh, Jay. Uh, you liking this thing with LAX and Jericho? I, I just want to see where it's going. I I think it's I, interesting. I, I don't like most of the stuff that I've seen LAX do since they've been in the company. It's just like they're one of my favorite teams, and it's like they do nothing. Yeah, I mean, they, it's just so underwhelming. Sometimes I forget they're they're on the on the on the roster, man. Because it's, right. it's like. Like you said, they've just been buried um, for a while. So that's why I kind of like this. Like, I, I, you know. Yeah, and it's like they're not. Huh? It's almost like they're not, you know, with somebody who is like just like a side act or something like that. They're with Jericho, you know, like, and they might be starting like some kind of a feud. So, I mean, it is kind of interesting to see um, where they're going to go. And you can tell like both Santana and Ortiz, you can tell that they both are like working hard. They Their work always looks good. They look great. So you can tell. So they deserve, you know, a shot. I feel so. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty interesting. All right. What, what was what was next, Di? Um. So Cole is pissed off backstage because uh, the ran into Baker got knocked off the apron on the table. So he's challenging Cassidy to a lights out match at uh, Beach Break. Well, I'm going to uh, say this one more time. Big, huge fan of Cole, but it wouldn't mind. You know, it wouldn't hurt you to hit a couple protein shakes. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. He fat. needs to wear long. He needs to wear long sleeves when he's in these promos with like nice, like a yeah, Versace shirt. Scrawny, bro. He looks so cool if he had a Versace shirt on, yeah, and slacks right. and stuff right. and everything. You know, with Some the long glasses. hair, he's a good-looking guy. Right. You know, so right, yeah. It's like uh, so. Next to CM Punk, you get Sean Spears and <laughs> this. Uh, uh, okay, let me tell you this. So okay. Spears' record is forty-two and seventeen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Let me let me make a point here. I have no idea what Sean Spears' gimmick is. He's doing like five gimmicks at one time. He's like this brooding guy that's like his, you know, he's like, he's yeah, like but the he's guy also, from Apocalypse Now, you know, and stuff. And then he's the chairman. But he's also he's like a, sl- a stooge. Yeah, slapsticky like stooge. stooge I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what is this guy? It's like a night. So, of course, he just gets beats at 11 seconds. CM Punk just GTSs immediately and pins him. Beautiful. Uh, Beautiful. As Punk was celebrating on the ropes, MJF tried to sneak into the ring. This was an awkward out. 
No, I was just talking about how they have awkward yes. outs each week. As Plunk this was, was celebrating terrible. on the road. This ropes. was a terrible finish to me. Yeah. You know, he grabbed right. and he held on to his scarf. Oh, scarf, oh, oh I almost got you. It's like, really, bro? Yeah. I, imagine this. In that crowd, with the heat that they've done so far, if CM Punk turned around and he did the Ric Flair, no, and he begged off, and he's asking the people, no, no, and he gave a couple bumps, boom, 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 and he powdered. That place would have fucking been rocking. You know what I'm saying? Here's, here's, here was the ad on that. Punk should have jumped him, okay? Right. Or, or MJF should have jumped him. Little bit of heat. MJF goes to get the chair. The, the what's his name brought down the ring goes to hit Punk. Punk moves out of the way. He drops the chair. Punk picks up the chair. He swings it after MJF. MJF powders out. Something like That's, that. Something like that. Yeah, you know, but right. that that was that was an and awkward. Just, and then rile up the out. crowd. I'm not sure. Like that that wasn't even the most awkward out on the show. I, I don't think. I think that would come later. They're they're okay. really bad with that. Yeah, I, I'm, I, ever since I brought, do you notice this when I, since I bring the I brought this up? Yep. The, I think yeah. the most there's the the one you pointed out was the absolutely the worst was I think when they were doing the lights out thing with Malachi, and right. I think they turned the lights on too early or something one time. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. Through the, yeah. like, and, and they're always right. late with the music. It's like right, dude, the cues. The, the, segment, right. the the guy just put the <laughs> microphone down, put the fucking music on. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, Excalibur. Okay, so. Billy Gunn commandeered a backstage camera, and they cut backstage where Gunn greeted Christian Cage. He arrived at the building, made a pitch. Okay, Cage said Austin and Colton are talented. He also recalled Billy struggling to get a statement win. He told Billy to have his boys get a statement win, and then they could talk. As the Cage tried to walk away, guess what happened? An attack. attack. Right. Uh, but this is the, but the, the, this, the, the Gunn's kids are good. Yeah. They're physical. They look good. I would have this preferred a, good, a better ass a, kicking, but that was good. Uh, yeah, but, they, but it, what they did would look physical and enough. decent. But yeah, right. Okay. Um, all right. So next, okay. <laughs> this is this is a. Uh, I'm going to read this whole thing because this is this is a lot of stuff here. Okay. Cody st- stands this was in the supposedly ring. his pipe bomb, right? His pipe bomb. That's right. the way he's you know. Okay. Right. <laughs> so Cody stood in the ring and asked the jeering crowd what they wanted to talk about. And Cody, the, first of all, Cody during Cody does his entrance. They cut to commercial, and they do the picture in a picture, and they show Cody <laughs> pulling the pulling a, 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 the ladder out from under the ring and setting up the ring for the, for the picture in a picture. All right, whatever. <laughs> when you guys were watching, I was like, oh, was I'm, I'm, I'm like looking at this picture in a picture. Going, what is he doing? He's really- I, la- I, had, I had walked out of the room. I walked right. out of the room and then I came back in and I saw the picture in picture. I know what the fuck was going on. I just like I just see this setup like, being done. Right. <laughs> the crew guys should have done that. That right. that was awkward. There's another right. awkward spot. Okay. Right. So Cody sent the ring and asked the Jerry crowd what they want to talk about. And Cody spoke glowingly about CM Punk's pipe bomb promo. He said someone told him to save the promo, but he didn't know if he'd get the chance, so he was using it now. Rose said Punk's return was called the comeback of the year by PWI, but it's actually the comeback of the decade, and we're all loving it. Ah, I wonder if that was a little. Um, remember what we've said on the show would be a good tag team, Codan. I wonder Punk. if this this promo is, is the beginning of this. Rhodes said that in Punk's absence, someone did everything he spoke about. I did them. Rhodes said. Cody said he carried the revolution. The fans cheered him. Uh, by the way, they start the fans started chanting "Fuck you, Cody." During yeah, this, shut okay? the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. There's your right, right. Shut the fuck up. He said the reason he he was irritated by it, but I, that could have been a work. Okay, he said the reason he won't turn heel. Is because the fans cheered him when he needed most. He said that when he speaks about there being more than one royal family in pro wrestling, he's talking about all of us. Cody brought up the forbidden door. This is hysterical, right? I was the one who built it, he said, and a Cody chant started. Okay, bro, these fans are so excited about the Forbidden Door where they get to work with Impact and Ring of Honor. <laughs> that, that sentence turned to babyface a little bit. This is terrible. <laughs> so he said he'd been gone two weeks and the Bucks almost started the Wednesday Night Wars all over again. 
He said he knows Red Dragon graduated from hip toss class with flying colors, but he doesn't need to see the Young Bucks beat the developmental more than once. That was actually a pretty good line. Rhodes brought up his real-life friend, Ricky Starks. This is weird. I didn't even know about this, right? He brought up his real-life friend, Ricky Starks, getting into it with Jay Lethal. Rhodes said, word to the wise, the lethal injection is the one cutter that people don't kick out of. Um, uh, Avoid, 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 Rhodes said. Rhodes brought up Malachi Black beating him twice, and Cody said, everyone know he hates to lose. He said Black needed no help, but he got it. He said they're not in the business of renaming people like Gunter Buddy or whatever the hell it is. But he said it takes balls to come to AW and call yourself Brody. Uh, I that was, uh, Cody brought up the TNT. Then why are they calling the guy Brody King then? If it's like such a uh, big uh, whatever. Right. And not only that, I know. it was his name before. It's his name. <laughs> it ain't like, right. like he got there and said, hey, my <laughs> name is Brody King. That that line was weird. I did not like that right. line. Okay. Cody brought up the TNT championship and said it's not a secondary belt normally, but it is but it is now because there are two. Bro, they did an interim championship, and Cody was only out for two weeks. Yeah. Okay. He said he <laughs> thinks it's clear what they need to do, and then he looked at the ladder. He said Tony Khan sent a contract in the mail to him and Sammy Guevara. Maybe it's not the contract I wanted, Rose said. Then Cody walked up the ladder while challenging Guevara to face him on next week's Beach Break-themed edition of Dynamite. Because you know Cody's working without a contract right now. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Right. That's why I said it's not the contract I wanted when he said Tony Khan sent him a contract with him and Sammy Guevara. It's not mm-hmm. the contract I wanted. And plus, they said that in the Royal Rumble, Stardust is going to wrestle. So a lot of people thought it's Cody Rhodes since his contract is up. Mm-hmm. He ain't going there. Right. But they're taking advantage of it and using it in the storyline. Okay. The problem with Cody here to me is this. I think he thought, first of all, when he referenced that he was doing the pipe bomb, that means that you watched the original pipe bomb. And if you did, this was nothing like that. Right. Uh, that's number one. Number two, I think he thought, uh, he's turning heel, bro. Right. I think he thought, okay, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to turn the crowd. Watch. I'm going to turn them. I can turn them. He turned a couple people because right now, you know, and he has a very, he has a very cheap excuse that can turn him heel because he's saying, uh, he says that the reason that he hasn't turned heel, this is what he says, is because they cheered him when he needed it the most. Okay? He's going to take that line to me for fuel in the future and go, I tried to be a nice guy. I tried, you know, I opened the forbidden doors. I did this, but you turned your back on me, so now fuck you. He's going to okay. get over as a heel. Yeah, to he me, started he's turning heel. He started yelling at one point in this promo. Yeah. Not the exact yeah. point, and it was like a, it's kind of a weird well, spot he, to start yelling. Was like, to, no, because he was trying to get emotional. And I helped build, you know, right. AW the Forbidden Door and all this, and uh, and he's trying to turn the people. But this was not a pipe bomb. This was not <laughs> even a great promo. It was a well, passionate promo, yeah. a good promo. It was a very weird promo for the content and everything that he talked about. Where the out was, I'm challenging Sammy to a ladder match. Right. Right. I can't remember anyone ever saying on camera, "I'm not turning heel" or "I'm turning." Yeah. Actually, right. using those terms, I thought that was weird and strange. I'm not a big fan of when they say even like I, I didn't mind the promo, but I'm not a big fan of when they actually say things like cut promos and turning heel and stuff like that in the right. promo, and they try to make yeah. it too like shooty or. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Vernon, 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 the heating and cooling specialist. The name says it all. When you focus solely on indoor comfort for 43 years, well, you get really good at it. Get your heating or cooling system tuned by a Vernon specialist today for only $69. Vernon's 60 to 90 minutes of meticulous system inspection guarantees energy savings, or the tune-up is free. Now that's a value. Go to vernonheating.com. Vernonheating.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Conan, guess what? What it do, boom. Let's get some cheers to 2022 and resolutions you can actually keep. All right. How about having how about having clean and shiny balls all year round? Ooh. Maybe we did it during 2021. Let's do it in 2022. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to save your balls this year and make the ball drop into 2022 the cleanest and sexiest ever. Set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code K100, that's K100, for 20% off plus free shipping. Now, our friends at Manscaped are great. It's a new year, new me with the global leaders and below-the-waist grooming. This year, take your package to the next level with the Performance Package 4.0 and brand-new ultra-premium body wash. I got my body wash in the uh, uh, in the mail the other day. I use it. It's a great, yeah, it's a great body wash. I love that stuff. Yeah, and it, yeah, inside the Performance uh, Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. Um, this electric trimmer is designed to trim your hair on loose skin. The advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks in your delicate nuts. It also comes equipped with the 4,000K 4, LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2022 looks to be. Mm. Um, I've been using this in the shower. It's fantastic in the shower, by the way. It's, it's a shaver you can use in the shower. And a grooming routine isn't complete without applying Crop Preserve and Crop Reviver before showing off your 2022 self. These unique formulations take care of the smallest parts of your body and are a big boost to your confidence into the new year. To complete the set, Manscaped threw in their Shed Travel Bag and Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs as free gifts to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. And the new product that needs no introduction, the Ultra Premium Body Wash from Manscaped, I use it every day, solves all three for the perfect addition to your daily grooming routine. But in the shower... I shower every day and hope you do too. This body wash smells great. It's cologne infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, nice, and moisturized. So kick discomfort of poor hygiene to the curb this year. I'm sure a lot of our fans could probably take take that advice and use the best tools for the job. Whether your res- resolution is to work out more or travel to new places, be sure to travel to manscaped.com for our exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping with the code K100. That's 20% off of free shipping with the code K100 at M-A-N-S-E-A-P-E-D.com. 20% off free shipping, manscaped.com, K100. It's a new year, no pubes in 2022 with Manscaped. Yo, straight up. <clears throat> this is uh, this is a product all three of us use, and I love the way that they started just with the manscaping, you know, with shaving in your nether regions, and then they got nose, n- nose hair clippers, they got um, uh, uh, body wash. They got the leather bag, which is 
very nice. The boxing briefs, which are very comfortable, um, and uh, you can it has a light on it, so you can even use it in the dark. It's very aerodynamic, the way you hold it. Um, it's incredible, bro. And the great thing about this is you can use it for your hair, you can use it for your face, you can use it under your arms. Women can use it because everybody shaves except German women, nothing. Right. And uh, uh, it's just a great product, you know. So um, keep yourself clean, keep yourself groomed. That's what, you know, the opposite sex likes. And check it out at Manscaped. Boom. Yo, DI, what you up to? Or where can we find you marinating, chilling in the cut on IG, Snapchat, Snap, Snapchat, TikTok, yeah, don't stop or grinder. Um, you can catch me at, at the real disc on Twitter, uh, at, at disco master GG and Instagram and Snapchat. Um, you caught me this week at the FSW, FSW school. Cause I was training with the, the had a little training session with Dominic and Ray Mysterio. I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, Ray lives in a good part of town too. Yeah. Um, also you can catch me at, uh, um, Sapphire Gentlemen's Club where I work, or largest gentlemen's club. If you dial 702-869-0003, we'll send a limo to pick you up for free. And a limo ride in Vegas is usually 20, 40 bucks. Get you in for free, okay? It's usually like $55 to get in and get your free drink. Drinks are expensive. Um, and Will all the football games be shown there in UFC? Uh, we got UFC. That's if you guys want to come watch UFC, we're a great room to watch UFC. And then you, the UFC is going to be on Saturday night in the, uh, in the showroom. A lot of energy. Fantastic uh, we have movie projection screens, three of them, and incredible sound. Just so incredible you know, sounds. I was tipped off by Ruben Poliscan and Zamora that mm-hmm. him and Harry the Perb Ruiz may, will be in the house. Oh. They were in the house this past Monday for the Monday Night Football game. Yeah, because Ruben, because the Monday Night Football for 25 bucks is our best deal, actually, because you yeah. have, I think, you get three beers and a buffet. And the buffet is good because the chicken wings are fantastic. Yeah, so, yeah. But, that, but, that's, but that's what I got going on. How about that? All right. Yo, if you happen to see uh, our boy at Sapphires or the Korean barbecue or at the sports betting place, you don't just run up to him and start chopping up to the little protocol. It goes a little something like this. Boom. Uh, first, you ask a compliment, then another comp. You give him a compliment, then another compliment, then you can ask a question. You can talk to him one to three minutes if you put him over. Additional time if you're not annoying and you tell him you've got it like that at no time will there be any direct eye contact a 20 hot a 20 dollar handshake gets you an autograph picture another round if you're a drunken and or obnoxious or don't put them over you will hear this okay you want to get from the front door to back reception at which point you can tell them you go girl because they're kicking you out or you're getting 86 which is permanent removal joe yes sir good news what you got Hugs and kisses are back on the table, especially for cute transgenders. Very Both. nice. Debatable. Very nice. Okay. Gentlemen callers, yo, hand job of the week, topless menu, secret menu, uh, uh, raspberry snow cone, Joe. Oh, yeah, refreshing. How does that sound? Yeah, I like it. All right. Snow cones, uh, crumbs and stuff. <laughs> did I, uh, I sent you guys something like a couple of weeks ago, but I don't think we discussed it on, on the show. Do you want to hear uh, this guy's Instagram post about meeting Disco at Sapphire? Yes, sure, kind of sure. funny. Okay, this well, I got is- another one too because we missed we missed one. We got we an outro uh, mailbag uh, uh, submission. We forgot. I forgot. I oh. missed yesterday, but like okay. go with this and we'll, we'll read this last one. Okay, so it says I met Disco Inferno at a Las Vegas titty bar about a decade ago. He was bouncing, and me and my buddies were in line. And my one friend goes, "Hey, is that Disco Inferno?" And I was like, "No, nah, it can't be him. Looks like him though." As we got closer, started to really look like him. So my drunk ass yells out, "Hey, Disco!" And he looks at us and gives our group a quick knowing nod. Holy shit, it's really him. 
So with our liquid state, we're all freaking out, yelling dumb shit like we loved you in the 90s and you should have beaten Alex Wright and other drunken nonsense. He walks down the line to where we're standing and he says to us, hey, thanks, guys. I really appreciate the support. You want to come with me to the front of the line? We were like, hell yeah. So we tell him, yeah, of course we do. And he says, 50 bucks. What a goddamn legend. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that story completely false. Oh, is it? Wow. That's, that story completely false. <laughs> I love wow. it. Completely false. Yeah, that, there's no, that, that's absolutely, we, we, we never ask, you know, they, no, let's get the story completely false. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, the guy was trying to, he was trying to tell a joke. Yeah, and trying to make it sound like I was kind of not sincere, you know. So right. like maybe I'm cheap. He does end right, so end, this, end the post with what a goddamn legend. So yeah. And uh, anyway, right. you can witness this in three D or virtual Wait, reality. Let me... Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. You can witness this in three D or virtual reality. Unfortunately, Joe, the three D glasses of VR goggles are not included. This from three to five a.m. in the morning, and this is a limited offer. What do you got? Boom. Um. Here's the uh, here's the email submission that mm-hmm. we missed. Okay, because mm-hmm. this, this I read this and it's very interesting. Okay, Don, from Donna G. Okay, and the subject is Jungle Boy winning tag title. Joe, and I want you to try and see if this is accurate or if this is just speculation. Okay. Okay. Hi guys, I was listening to last week's show and heard about the reaction Jungle Boy had winning the title. I thought it, the tag team title okay, was what's wrong with. I thought as soon as I heard that, I heard what was said. It was why it was that way. After watching the match. What I thought seemed right, Jungle Boy is actor Luke Perry's son. His dad pretty went to pretty much all his wrestling shows. His dad has passed away. While watching, I saw him look up several times. That was for his dad. He also seemed to be crying. He did a good job trying to hide it. I also think that is why Luchasaurus stood back and let him have his time. I know Luke would be proud. Congratulations to Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Happy for both of them. Okay. All right. <laughs> is there any? Has this been reported that like you know that like anything like because what what I saw was these guys just basically just having no charisma and Jungle Boy walking around knowing that they had broken what's his name's arm. Yeah, I think that's what e- that looked like to me. That email you know? is full of uh, assumptions and suppositions. Assumptions. Would you agree with that, Conan? You're muted, bud. Conan, you're muted. I said I don't remember what he did in the finish. To tell you the truth. Um, all I well, can say, just kind of stood there with the typical expression on his face, like no excitement or just just the, the jungle. So where's this that she's saying he looked up in the air? And... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I didn't that's notice. Like, I didn't that's what I'm wondering. That, like yeah. if if this was reported, like if he said afterwards, I was thinking about my dad. Oh. Like if there's anything oh, okay. like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't see any, so anything like, like that. Yeah. Yeah. So they saw so the Donna G. Uh, that is a um. Okay, Donna G. I hate to do this to you. <laughs> Okay, so uh, you can catch me every Monday on Spreaker and uh, Apple Podcasts on The Raven Effect with Raven and MLW announcer Rich Bocchini. Uh, do you do that show live, by the way? Yeah. Well, not live, but we just – I don't edit it, but we – No, that's, yeah. so it's not – it doesn't air live. No. You guys don't we, go straight to – you just okay. – We record usually thir- like this, like Thursday nights. Show, right? Yeah, Thursday nights, and it comes out Monday, uh, first thing in the morning. Let me ask you a question. What would people think about – let's start- Put this out there if it, if for K100 questions. Would everybody be interested in listening to a live show from us? Mm. Like, possibly, maybe if we would do a live show once every blue moon. We can do that See too. We can, sure. we can do that through StreamYard. We can send it to YouTube mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So, we'll keep yeah. going. Let's hear about the fantastic guests that you have on your network. Okay. This week. Uh, well, 
<laughs> I would also like to say, of course, check out K100 Rehash and K100 Talks on this feed. Rehash comes out every Wednesday. K100 Talks comes out every Sunday. Uh, Get My Go returned last week, and this week we're going to set our sights on JD from New York and review his uh, his video podcast. Disco, do you know who JD? Wait, you're going to review JD from New York? Yeah, it already. Are you really? It came out last week. Yeah. So, so is, is, is that kind of like the Dave Wag, the, the kind of like the Get My Go thing? It, yeah, it's Get My. We're going to Get My Go JD from New York. Yeah. Which really? Is, uh, you know, the, the, bro, this guy's like this guy's got a pretty decent following. Big one. Credit to him. Who but is he? He's a t- t- just complete fanboy. Spaz. Like the guy has no like um hates the WWE. You know, everything WWE stinks, everything AW is fantastic. Just right. one of, just one of these is feeding into that audience and he's built up a following of, of, of like minded fans. Right. But the guy is just it's just complete nothing more than a mark. You and, know, and, and, none, and the video we yeah, reviewed yeah, man. he's funny. No, he's he just yells at everything. He's like a New York Italian guy that just yells a lot, you know. Yeah, but he's he's an Atlanta Braves fan though. He does wear a Braves hat. Yeah, it was interesting though because we were watching his video and man, he was getting those super chats. Some guy sent him a hundred bucks twice, and it was like wow. Like so, um, yeah. Like I said, get my go uh, reviews JD from New York on the most recent episode Uh, on the Creative Control Network. Signed up and that's JD Dade. By the way, don't think that (laughs) just you explain to me who he is. He's not a who. He's 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 he's, he's friends. Wait, wait. He's friends with Solo Monster too, right? Yeah, and he's had unkind things, unkind things to say about the both of you. So, um, oh, has he really? Yeah. Yeah. Try to pull, pull this. Let me, I, I can't. I, I can't find it. Yeah. I, I think it's gone. We were, you were, can't find it. You just said it one second ago. You haven't. Even, you can't look. I mean, I'm no, no, no. We were, the, we were on the. We were on the. We were on the hunt for it already. Di. We wanted to put it. on I would the show love to know what his beef is with us now. I don't even know who he is. Yeah, well, he's I don't, because because our YouTube clips, some of them will be uh, incendiary and inflammatory towards AEW. He's a huge AEW like died in Please the wall. Bring him on the yeah. show so right. he can get served. Ask him. Go Let's ahead. Do it. Conan said that he heard you're talking shit. Come on the show. Well, we don't even know what exactly what he said yet. So okay, I don't want to whatever it is that yet. you're saying, or, or if you want to I remember, come on the show and chop it up, either one. I remember that it had, to, it had to do with you guys saying Kenny Omega's title reign wasn't that great or something, and who the fuck are you two guys to criticize the right. fucking best bout machine and all that. <laughs> that kind of thing, yeah. This guy sounds like a mark. Then. Yeah, he yeah is. I'm going I'm, I'm to so. be arguing with a mark. Yeah, right. Ixnay that. So, yeah. so that's against that's against the marks to have the following. Big fuck, like, right. <laughs> crazy. Big say that. So yeah. uh, joining the Creative he, Control he Network, he will get served. I guarantee you, he will get served, and it probably even be good uh, podcast. But I, it's just a fucking waste of time trying yeah. to talk to a person like that who's already had their mind made yes, up. For sure. Right. Um, so joining the Creative Control Network is uh, the University of Dutch with Dutch Mantel has come aboard. Uh, as of last week, so they're going to be nice. re- they're going to be recording new shows soon. But in his archives, if you want to check it out now on Spreaker, he's had Jerry Jarrett, Disco Inferno, of course, James Storm, Jack Swagger, uh, Ricky Morton, and more. And he's going to be hosting that with uh, John. Pies. Did you do the Dirty Dutch show, uh, Disco? Yeah, yeah. It was how long ago? Few, few months ago. Yeah, six I'd months. Never maybe? Heard it. Yeah, it was I'd last summer, I think. Yeah. yeah so check that out. That's on the Creative Control. Uh, feed on Spreaker and on Twitter at the CC Network One. Also on Creative Control Network, Francine's Eyes Up Here show recent guest was Shelly Martinez. Uh, you know her from WWE and TNA, so they have a good conversation Shelly Martinez there. always thought that I didn't like her. Oh, yeah? For some reason. Mm. Yeah, she always thought that I didn't like her. And that's not I accurate. Got, I didn't nothing. No. Yeah. no. Um, Husey. Husey on its Husey Hello recently did Cobra Kai Season 4 review. Why didn't you do the kazoo when he said Husey, Cody? <laughs> So, 
Let me say, just Hughie's. We might have to double. Is Hughie's show is on your network? Yes, it's it's Hughie. What would it get? Yeah, he was he was there. He was one of the he was one of the stalwarts. The first big one of the first big signings, you know. So, but he has. Uh, you might have to kazoo again because reviewing Cobra Kai season four with him on it's Hughie Hello is Bill Body on there. So look at those yeah, two. Well, everybody, let me tell you, look at those two getting there's along. A lot of, I'm <laughs> like thinking it. of watching Cobra Kai because I hear, I'm hearing rave reviews on that. Everybody, yeah, right. I haven't heard one person say it isn't great. Me Nick, neither. Nick Aldis, yeah. when he was on, said that it's pro wrestling. Nick on probation, yeah. Aldis. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's basically building up characters and setting Wait them up minute, who's going to fight Paul, and stuff. Where is your video? My video? Oh, it's coming out Monday. Monday on okay. on the dot. Yes. All right. Okay. Um, okay, so <laughs> Outlaws and... Uh, Gunslingers, you know, it's your true crime show. Looks back at the mafia and the uh, the Wild West and stuff like that. This one, uh, check this out. It's going to talk about what was the largest bank heist in American history at the time at a Wells Fargo in Connecticut, robbed by a gang called Lo- Los Macheteros. I'm way off with that, mm-hmm. huh? How do you say that? Yeah. Yeah. So, do you know about that story? No. Yeah. So they. Uh, what is this? It was what, a. What, where is this? Outlaws and Gunslingers are, did a show on them, a recent episode, about their $7 million heist in Connecticut and the backstory to that and how it all turned out and everything. So if you're into true crime, American yeah, That history, sounds like a probably Salvadorian Mexican gang, you know, like I don't have no much knowledge of what's going on in, where, where is this, Washington, you said? It happened in uh, Connecticut. Connecticut, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but it's probably interesting. What year, what year did this happen? 1983. It says... Um, Los Los Macheteros, in the name of uh, the revolutionary hero Jose Maldana, Maldonado Roman, a.k.a. Aguila Blanca. Wow. Aguila. Yeah, White yeah. Eagle. So that's where they got their name from. But anyway, if you like uh, true crime, actually, they cracked. Allos and Gunslingers is the most successful show I have right now. So I just want to put, put those guys over for that. Um, doing a great job. Uh, taking you to school with Dr. Tom Pritchard last week discussed... Uh, the Hardy Boys and their up-and-coming days. Dr. Tom, of course, uh, helping to train them at the Funkin' Dojo. This week, they're going to talk about Sonny, who recently ran into some more trouble. Dr. Tom, of course, worked closely with her in WWE. So this week's uh, subject for Dr. Tom's show is Sonny, Tammy Sitch. Uh, Taskmaster Talks with Kevin Sullivan is going to go over WCW Sold Out 99. Of course, Kevin was a booker or a member of the creative team during the uh, years of WCW's biggest successes. Sold Out 99 featured Hall, Scott Hall versus Goldberg in a taser on a ladder match, and also Conan versus Lex Luger. So that was right after the uh, NWO Elite formed and uh, Conan was feuding with Lex. And uh, Business of the Business uh, with John Paz and Lavi Margolin. This week they're going to have Lou Seals. So Lou Seals. Oh, Lou wait Seals, a minute. Lou Seals runs Seals Media Group. And last week. Uh, <laughs> So we didn't get uh, the plugs in last week. Last week they had Jeff Jarrett talking all about uh, you know his career's association with fight, what he's got coming up. Jeff has a big match on pay per view this weekend. Did you know about that? No. Uh, yes, against Effie. That's a good, gonna, pretty good, pretty good hype video for that. Up. Yeah, I actually Jeff watched some GCW last weekend, and although KG was commentating, I gave it, I gave it a shot. It's um, there's good and bad, you know. But I will watch this Sunday because I'm interested in seeing Jeff. And there's also going to be uh, Moxley versus Homicide. Um. Some of the talent's good. Some of the like like Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona does some great stuff with them, you know. And uh, Ricky Morton wrestled him, and that was fun to see Ricky out there. But then when you get into the main event, and it's the super crazy, ultra violent stuff, I don't know. I just don't like that anymore. You know, not right. to the extent that they did it, but you know, it's fun to have something else to watch. 
So I'm going to give you that a go. You become desensitized to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, how many times can we see this guy get thrown through a pane of glass you right. know, or whatever? But, uh, yeah, and Moxie versus Homicide on Sunday show. So I would watch. Uh, That'll be real good. Yeah, anything Homicide is involved in because a big fan is. But that's it for Creative Control Network at the CC Network 1 on Twitter at JFFeeny3RD. And uh, you can check out my Pro Wrestling Tea store, ProWrestlingTees.com slash CC with Joe Feeney. And that's about it. Okay, so, yo, you can, a uh, good news, uh, the litigation with Factory Made or part of it is over so now you can get anything on triple a from youtube twitch facebook so you'll have access to all our shows there now that's great and we'll be probably taping all of our shows all our tv shows and big shows from here on out uh on fight tv uh-huh. so that'll be another way to see our product nice um we we, we did better than expected in our last show and it wasn't even really that strong of a show and so um and we didn't even you know, kind of like on a tryout basis. So we're going to go full in on this and uh, really give uh, the American public some really great um, matches in the future in this year. Um, so we'll be on Fight TV. That's cool. And uh, um, we'll be in Tijuana February 28th. I mean, January 28th with Crash. You know, uh, I don't have the whole card in front of me. But I remember Pentagon, Dragon Lee, Bestia, Mecca, Willie Mac, Rich Swan. Um, those are the only ones I remember right now. I'll have probably the whole card next week. How's, but anyways, how's that's a, uh, Phoenix doing? What's the word on his injury and whatnot? Yeah, I think Phoenix will be back in time for our next big show, which is February 19th. He's just dislocated his arm. It wasn't broken or anything, right? That was, right. Na- that was nasty. Yeah. So just yeah. stick it back in and just heal and just recover and you're fine, right? Right. Yeah. So, um, um, anyways, you can check me out on, on, on uh, Twitter or Facebook at K-O-N-N-A-N-5150. Chops it up in English on Twitter and Spanish on Facebook. Um, Somebody's running an, uh, an Instagram for you now as well, right? Yeah, that's my boy Spiff. Okay. Um, he does music videos and shit and produces like Latino artists. And he's always, you got to get on Instagram. You got to get, I know. And I'm like, I know, but I don't have time and I don't really you know, said, so I'll just start the motherfucker for you. Yeah. Said, all right, thank you. You know, but uh, mm-hmm. shouts out to Spiff. Um, and thank you to everybody for the well wishes while I was in the hospital. Uh, I, I acknowledged everybody that reached out to me. And I um, uh, want to thank who was on the show this week, Joe. Nick, uh, Nick on probation, Aldis, yeah, I heard. Nick on probation, Aldis stepped in and did the mailbag with us. We had a very interesting right. theory on where Dota is going, perhaps with Amazon. Well, let me tell you something. Nick, if you just listen to any of it, okay? Nick Nick was Nick decided he was going to come on and combat the conversation terrorists by going on the offensive and becoming the conversation terrorist. Yes. <laughs> right. It's the first show we've ever done where we did the mailbag. Joe, would you agree that I did not – Talk the the, the 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 majority of the time. Yes, that it was definitely how what if we did like a demographic if we broke it down. Okay, percentage like okay the percentage I talk and the percentage Conan talks are typical mailbag because Conan will usually finish up the thing and you do not have much to say. But like Nick had something to say on every subject. Yeah, if in, say like the depth. usual one is like is like eighty percent me, twenty percent Conan on a weekly basis. <laughs> what was the percentage this week with Nick? Seventy five percent Nick Aldis, <laughs> big time. <laughs> Yeah. Easy. He came in. He it's came like, in with a strategy and an shit. agenda. Hey, yeah. He, yeah, he Luger talked like us. Yes, so. he did. Yeah, yes, yeah. he did. 
Well, thanks to Nick. Anybody else? Uh, Bill, Bod- Bill Body was on in the course of round- roundtable, guys. Mark Mark Warburton, C.J. Emanuel, and Brandon, who came on. And I heard first Vince time. Russo was also on. Vince did uh, K100 Talks with us, which came out last Sunday, which uh, Vince complained should have just been called Disco Talks because Disco did dominate. <laughs> he dominated that one. But uh, Yeah, but I, could, no, but I spoke for 20 minutes because yeah. I had a lot to explain. Yeah, but then right. I gave them the floor the rest of the time. I let Vince, you know, it's not like I cut him off. I just opened up for 20 minutes because everything segued into another thing that I was saying. That, like I had to say this is what we're going to talk about, and then, then we talked about it. It was a lot. It was are a you long gonna, are, are you going to go on and do Lions, Tigers, Bears, and Head with him and Al? You guys are talking about that. Uh, yeah, probably. I'll probably do one of those, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so okay. anyways, thanks to uh, Vince, Billy, and the Roundtable crew, uh, Nick on probation now just you know, for filling in. And... Um, uh, is there anything else that needs to be brought up? Our next big show in Mexico, which will be on Pi TV, will be February 19th, Rey de Reyes. I think it, the main event will be FTR versus uh, Pentagon and Phoenix for the world titles, which FTR is a champion right now. Um, uh, oh, and I also think that's the show where Bikingo goes against, he defends his mega championship against uh, John Hennigan. Yeah. Um nice. All right. So anyways, want to thank everybody that's been spreading the word to friend or foe. Uh, tremendous, uh, please check out our Patreon at K-O-N-N-A-N.me. That's where we put all the, all the extra audio and video that didn't fit on the show. You know, five years of catalog of talks, of laughs and ambushes and busting balls um, and interviews. And, bro, there's no... But guarantee you there's no wrestling podcast like this one. So it's just, you never know what you're going to get. It's like a fucking <clears throat> audio grab bag. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Remember those grab bags? Yes. <laughs> <That> Joe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so come check us, uh, you know, come check out our Patreon, you know, uh, support the show, no ads. Also, we got K100 Talks, which is a 30-minute or less show about topical issues. Um, very popular. Also, our rehash show, which is the best of, of um, K100. If you don't have two and a half, three hours, which is our normal show, and you just want to listen to a one-hour condensed version of the best, this this is the show for you. We got our YouTube, which is very popular. There's so many ways you can you know consume this. And then we got our regular show, you know, which is like two and a half hours. So you get a lot of content. So if you really enjoy this show and you want to support us, join our Patreon, me. Um, also our Patreon numbers, two straight years plus, we keep incrementing every single month. Thank you very much for the love. And, uh, I want to thank the, I want to thank Joe. I want to thank everybody for listening to keeping it 100. Boom. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day. Couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Please support K100 with Conan and Disco by going to the Patreon site at patreon.com slash Conan and Conan.me. You can subscribe to the show on all your podcast providers. You can get an episode as soon as it drops. And please leave us a rating, five star of course, and a review. Conan, Disco, The Master Public Minute with Kevin Kleinrock and myself all have t-shirt stores if you want to support some of the guys on the show individually. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com. To send in a question for the listener mailbag or a song for the Juicy Frankie Seal, use the email address k100questions at gmail.com. You can follow K100 all across social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the handle at K100Conan. The Keeping It 100 with Conan YouTube continues to roll along getting closer to hitting that 30,000 subscriber mark with over 2,200 videos. Husey's running things over there. He posts multiple videos a day, and there's a ton of conversation under each clip. So get over there, subscribe to the YouTube, and join in with your fellow listeners. JJ Claxon has started a TikTok for K100. If you're on TikTok, check out at K100 Podcast. JJ's putting up about a video a day, a clip a day, and there's some funny stuff on there from disco versus women's wrestling to the filthy animals entrance, disco versus the Girl Scouts, and more. By now you know K100 drops every Thursday on Spreaker, and K100 Rehash comes out every week as well on the same feed. So please download the Spreaker app, you can subscribe there as well. And I want to thank everyone very, very much for their support of the show. With thanks to you, the show keeps on growing, which is very impressive after five years. And hopefully you all keep enjoying the K100 content that we put out across all social media and podcast providers on a daily basis. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. For this week's Easter egg, this audio comes from the Francis Ngannou and Cyril Gain pre-fight press conference. Now, that being said, Francis did say this week that he knocked you out in sparring, and then you went and said that didn't happen. So what, who's telling the truth? Can you repeat this, Francis? You, you went to the floor, Cyril. And then you left the training. So, so, so can you explain exactly what's, what's happening? Oh, you don't remember? Tell, tell, tell to the people. Well, the people. Left, left high kick. Left high kick. And you yeah. say I'm not, you knocked me down? You went on the floor or not? I was on the floor. Oh, you don't remember. Oh. You're a liar. So, so, he, so. He, was, he was knocked out probably because he doesn't remember. No, this is not the truth. Honestly, you know me already. With Francis, we did some sparring. And it was a really great sparring from Francis. And it is a beautiful left kick. And the problem with Francis is just, he don't like to, to spar technical sparring. You like to make power. And I told you a little bit a few times before. So you, you give me the left kick. You hurt me. You see, I'm honest with you. You hurt me. You hurt me. 
but you don't knock me down. This is not a knockdown. You didn't went down on the leg high, left high kicks, Yuri. Let's be honest. And you say I spar, I don't spar technical sparring. I spar with 155er. I spar with girls. And they don't complain. I mean, obviously it was a good sparring. He's not lying about that. But you went down on that. I mean. Okay, I'm so sorry I, about I, that. I, 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 res I respect you and I know like out of everybody not, here, you are the honest not. one. And I know you could have been real about that. You respect me? I do respect you, brother. You don't respect me, front of the people. You're lying. You I'm and lying? I, I, I sleeping after you left kick? Seriously, connect me on the eyes. Okay. Honestly. I, I, don't, I don't have the tape, so I can't prove that. But the, that is, is somewhere on the okay, tape. Okay, you don't prove that. Okay. I'm so sorry, we can sorry, talk about that a long time. Cyril, uh, if Francis is lying, why would you say he's lying? Because it's not the truth. He hurt me. I told you, he did a beautiful left kick with too much power. But he really don't knock me down. Exactly what, 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 what's happened is he hurt me. I was really surprised about the power because I told him a few times before. So I said, no worries. I want to jump again in. And the coach said, no, 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 guys, stop it, stop it. You're gonna do it. You're gonna do something wrong. So that's why we stop it. This is the truth. Did you spot? Do you stop sparring that day? Did you continue sparring? The question. Did you continue sparring that day? Didn't continue because the coach didn't want that. Because I was a little bit disappointed about. Did you walk out of the training? Go to the uh, go grab your bag and leave the gym that day, sir. I don't understand. Either way, but either way, that doesn't really matter because that was accidentally. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to hurt him with a kick. It happened. But and the only reason why you were here talking about that is the footage that you guys released. Then forced me to talk about that. I never talk about it because it was an accident. I didn't mean to hurt you. We were training and was helping each other. So once again, I respect you. And then uh, I'm not lying. And Saturday, we're just going to fight, right? All right. All right, Francis. Big brother. Last one for me for Dana. Dana, how much does this whole story add to the fight on Saturday? Well, I mean, listen, this whole story is a great story. But the most important thing, no matter who hit who, who did what, who doesn't like who, on Saturday night, the two biggest, baddest heavyweights in the world are going to fight, and all the questions will be answered. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.